Hello, and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the 23rd of January, 2022. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today is Zachary Burgess. No, we missed the twos again. It's like one day. And oh. Robert Kemp. Well, nearly, yeah. I wonder if our podcast is going to fall on the proper Tuesday. You know, 22nd of Feb. Yes. Right, we can only hope. <laughs> is that even a weekend? Um, is it a Tuesday? <laughs> Tuesday on Tuesday. Yeah. So we can all get a Domino's. It is, in fact, a Tuesday. <laughs> is it actually? <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> do we want to postpone our, our podcast in a few weeks for two days so that we can do it on the 22nd of February 2022 on a Tuesday? Everyone, it's Tuesday. No, it is Sunday, and it's a Southcast. Oh. Well, that's a shame. but it is still an opportunity to have pizza it is absolutely (laughs) that's the key element (coughs) post post cast celebratory pizza celebratory celebratory i suppose suppose that is right it's just the emphasis is wrong yeah celebratory it's made with fresh keanu reeves Is that the same route, though? Presumably. Our, yeah, it's, are, are they called celebrities because they're celebrated? Yeah. <laughs> Presumably. I, that is true. Yeah, I think that's right. You have been celebritized. celebrate them. Celebrate pizza. Exactly. Or celebrate post salacast with pizza. Or both. <laughs> Whenever you celebrate something with pizza, you are also celebrating pizza, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I guess. How would you, like, if you were to just have a, to celebrate a pizza, like, give a round of applause to a pizza. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> to celebrate the existence of pizza. Well, I mean, like, you celebrate you when the pizza, pizza turns up at the door. You're well, like, oh, pizza. Do you, I mean, are you supposed to, like, if you, for four people, do you then buy five pizzas and you put one aside to be, like, <laughs> be like these, <laughs> we're, we're having this other, pizza you admire. <laughs> yeah, we're having these other four pizzas in your honour, fifth pizza. The celebrity pizza. <laughs> Absolutely. And then the cat eats it. <laughs> and then the cat eats it. The cat just sits plumb in the middle of it. <laughs> Put a pizza on this chair and find out what happens. I mean, we, I think we know what happens. She'll jump up suddenly go, oh, what the hell is this? Yep. And then be all like, oh, what the hell is this? Yep. <laughs> Celebrate. Then it stands down, Sunday night stands down. Memes. Old memes. Old memes. <laughs> All my meme images from 15 years ago. <laughs> Not quite that. Well, almost. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The genesis of the proper meme, I suppose. Of the internet meme, I guess. Well, the peak of the memes, as we all as everyone knows. 2006. <laughs> the peak I of was memes. deliberately misspelling more M-O-A-R at work more. this week. Nobody gets that. That is old school. That is old school. <laughs> I swear I still come across that, though. That's not totally dead. Hmm. 
more. I mean, it is one of those. Keep that alive. It is one of those like memes that is so super generic that it's just because like if you if you were to take the meme template of that, it's pretty much just the word more on a blank JPEG. But like soon, <laughs> yeah, like soon. Anything particularly memey happened to me this week? <laughs> Nothing memeable. <laughs> Nothing memeable. No. You, you were not a meme. <laughs> it's not working hard enough. <laughs> you, can, you can meme most things, I'm sure. I don't know. Actually, can I? When I'm sat at home all the time. We have a cat. <laughs> we have a cat. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely helps. That does help. But she just poops and takes up chair space. <laughs> I'm sure there's some cat chair space memes in there. I mean, I guess you did. Like, I mean, poof and take up chair space basically to like add some numbers. <laughs> One poop, two take up chair space, three question mark, question mark, question mark, four profit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she has taken in her old age to becoming a bit more like huffy and spluttery and like coffee, I suppose, but not really a cough. She just sort of like. Like, I'm surprised she hasn't done it yet. Like, normally when she's, like, cleaning... She's sat on our desk, on my desk, cleaning herself right now. And normally when she's in the middle of that, some disgusting noise will come out of her mouth. Like, she'll just be like... <laughs> like, <laughs> halfway through it. But Or when she's yawning, that also now happens to a dramatic effect. Which she likes doing. She likes stretching over my keyboard. Like, her back legs at the back of the desk. And her front legs in front of the keyboard. So her face is kind of moving towards my face has a massive yawn while stood in this position and then, like, lets out, like, one of these disgusting noises in the middle of it. So she'll be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's right in my face, cat. Thanks. Nice. They um, always want to be on the keyboard, right? I guess oh, they just want apparently. to be on the keyboard. She used to be all right at this, but she's lost all keyboard etiquette since getting ill. Hmm. She will just lay her head on F keys or stand all over my laptop while I'm doing things. Judicious use of undo is now is now a prerequisite to a workday. Actually, a prerequisite. Well, I have to undo everything I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start the day by deleting everything you already did. <laughs> yeah. That only works if you kept the program open, though. <laughs> Unless you've got yeah, save undo. That's what source control is for. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And for telling you how many deletions you've made. Mm. <laughs> Look at how much I work I've destroyed. <laughs> All in the name of making it better. Source control like marks changes often as a add and a delete sometimes. Yeah, it does, yeah. But you can still feel 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 like I am destroyer of code. If you really want. If you want. Speaking of a totally unrelated story that I'm going to try and recount now while I, uh, okay. while I, while I remember Speaking of a totally unrelated story. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell segue is that? <laughs> Rob remembers something currently, so we better say it before it goes out of his brain, segue. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fine, but don't say speaking of... <laughs> Right, okay. Go on then. I mean, from cats ah in my face to the Big Mac. <laughs> that makes of you course. go ah. 
I can has cheeseburger. There's your link. Okay, yeah. Even Brit well brings in the old meme, old meme to the same Excellent. Way. Well done. We worked up this into, into and the cheeseburgers. <laughs> also, my Spotify did play the hamburger Dayum song the other day, so nice. you know, it's all coming together. <laughs> it's all working out. Damn, damn, damn. Get a grocery bag. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, did you hear that McDonald's lost the trademark to Big Mac in Europe? No. Like I, don't, I can't remember if this is old news or like recent news or whatever, but like apparently like they they tried to like sue an Irish um, diner chain called Supermax who also had a Big Mac on their menu and be like you can't do that we we we're, we're the owners of the Big Mac right and they lost and I don't I don't know like the uh, technicalities of how that works particularly. But yeah, as a result of that, they they no like they, they no longer have a trademark on Big Mac in Europe. But presumably, this other chain does. Or <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, neither of them technically can. No. I think was the outcome. It was um because they were both using it and had been using it for some time. The court ruled it's like well, there's no infringement here. Well, so the court ruled that they'd both been using it effectively an equal amount and therefore they just cancel out the trademark is invalid (laughs) effectively yeah that's bizarre usually the big company the giant companies can just force these things even when like it's way past the date like uh like mickey mouse or whatever yeah Mm. well well over past copyright times yeah i'm I'm pretty sure mcdonald's has done that before for one or other of their trademarks that they have yeah a muck something yeah uh, just anything with muck in it or Mac, yeah, or just just a Archie M, <laughs> an Archie M. <laughs> Don't yeah, make your M's too Archie. Oh no, or golden. Yeah, you'll be in trouble. Yeah. So uh, the the funniest do thing the I saw. Do the Super Macs taste like Big Macs, or are they totally different? In because that really would be like pushing it if they made Big Macs and they were like basically Big Macs. I, have to, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with Super Because I have Super heard Mac. stories about franchise McDonald's then saying we're no longer at McDonald's and changing the names of everything, but still making like a Big Mac with the same recipe, but like slightly improved or <laughs> oh, something. Right. Well, they actually yeah, put and then being shut burgers down. in it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like, I presumably think. they'd have to source all the ingredients for a new place because yeah. they wouldn't be getting McDonald's yeah. in the freezer any longer. But <laughs> if they already yeah. knew what the recipe was, more or less, they could put together the same burger just with different constituent parts. Oh, wait, so they were a McDonald's franchise and then... Stopped. Yeah. stopped being McDonald's, right? Okay. Yeah, that's the story I heard. That was a while ago, though, and they did get shut down. What? It, what? It, so that obviously wasn't to do with the trademark, or maybe it was, but it was at a prior time when that. Well, was, I mean, I guess that is the second it. stage of this, isn't it? It's like, is is the actual recipe a trademark? Because mm, I think maybe it is on the basis of that old story that I remember. Yeah. Oh boy, but who knows? But well, for one thing. I kind of do have to qualify in this. This is way older a story than I thought it was. I suspected right, it right. might be. <laughs> 2019. <laughs> it's not that old. <laughs> um, but the, the ruling said McDonald's had not proved a genuine case of use of the muck prefix as a burger or restaurant name. But it, that doesn't make sense either, because it's like... Well, that's nothing to do with the big bag. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing to do with the big bag. <laughs> Have not proved genuine use of the muck prefix. There yeah. is, they don't do that in McDonald's, do they? I, don't I mean, people do that when they're talking about McDonald's. 
McNuggets, sure. I yeah, guess. It's a muck everything. It's a muck shake. Even if it's probably not a muck shake, right? But chicken McNuggets aren't actually called that, are they? <laughs> Oh right, sorry. There were two, there were two cases with Supermax. The first was for Big Mac, and the second was for Muck. Okay, <laughs> and they lost them both. So, are you? Would you have any reason to try the um, the not meat uh, McDonald's burgers? I mean, I've tried the BK not meat one, the plant mm-hmm. the plant based Whopper. Is, well, it used to be called the Rebel Whopper. When it first right. came out, but I guess no one knew what that was, so right. they they made it the plant. They just called it the plant based whopper now. Right. It, what is, what's the McDonald's one? It's the muck plant, isn't it? <laughs> is it the muck plant? <laughs> I think it might be the muck plant. That's a great name. I think that's just a, like a quarter pounder equivalent, isn't it? I think. Yeah, something like that. You can't get a plant based Big Mac. I don't think yet. Not yet, anyway. So you just buy two and stack them on top of each other. Classic yeah. technique. Yeah. <laughs> or you know. You'd, do what I do, and like in the absence of the big tasty, the best McDonald's burger is the uh, double quarter pounder. Bite me. <laughs> I like a Big Mac, but yeah, I'd be happy with a quarter pounder. I mean, what was, what was the thing they did? The um, was it the Super Big Mac like earlier this? Well, last yeah, year, where it was where just like... use the constituent parts of the of a quarter pounder. No, no, no. There's, there's like the soup, the a super Mac or something where it's like, they, they, they don't. Super Mac's the Irish one, isn't it? No, <laughs> yeah, no, I forget, I forget. There's, 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 there's one, there's one variant of the Big Mac where it's not actually like wider, like, like you want. They just make it taller. It's not like, like adding like maybe double beef wherever oh, wow. there's a single beef. Oh wow, it's already beef. pretty unstable. Like it's already as tall as it is wide, pretty much a Big Mac. Yeah, because right? before that they did the Grand Mac, which is the one I think you're referring yeah, to. Yeah, it's just big. Yeah. They basically took the Big Tasty bun and the Big Tasty burger and made a made a Mac out of it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, that that that's a good idea. That was acceptable, but like the, whatever they did for like their bigger Mac thing. Last year, no, that was a, that's a disgrace. <laughs> it's a disgrace to burgers. Well, as we've said before, like they've already topped out with the Windows Seven burger. <laughs> so anything smaller, <laughs> yeah, no. anything smaller than seven on top of each other, they're doing good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they need a Windows Eleven burger. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh. Getting hungry for Big Macs, pal. God damn it, we, saw, we talked about food at the start of the podcast again. No, bad idea. <laughs> well, I've got good news for you. We are getting pizza this week, at least. Okay. You know, we, got, we, got, we got a Burger King last week. Well, I mean, just to make things I don't think I don't think either of those is bad news. Oh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> We're definitely getting pizza this week. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> doesn't take much to put your foot down on that topic, exactly. No, really. it really doesn't. <laughs> It's a Sunday. Everyone knows what to expect. <laughs> Filth. <laughs> Absolutely. Filth day. Filthy, filthy Pete. Yeah. Also, another thing. Another completely unrelated thing, yes. Actually completely unrelated, but but marginally related because it's something I forgot to talk about weeks and weeks ago. You can't have yeah. something that's related because you Because forgot I forgot about. to talk about it. <laughs> in, in related oh, no. news of my brain functioning. <laughs> what the fuck? On this episode of Rob Remembers. 
was thinking of something totally unrelated. I'm going to put my drink down before I over laugh. <laughs> oh, boy. Did you know that Games Master came back for a season? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I heard about it. But they're is never it, going to have... already over? You know, it was only like three episodes or something. Like It was real oh. short, but... Um, I heard it was good. Somehow. It was actually all right. In a weird way, the game stuff was kind of actually the worst bit of it. Like they, well, I mean, like, obviously, but right, um, yeah. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but the 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 Scottish. Uh, of course, they had to get another Scottish presenter in, but he was genuinely good at it. Um, and they got um, right, and they got Frankie, who does the um, the PC gaming show um, for E3. Um, uh, she was on it as well. Uh, and it was, and can you guess who the games master was? Because obviously Patrick they can't Moore's use gone, Patrick right? Moore. Yeah. Well, I mean that that just oh, you know, it's never going to be as good. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, they could have used uh, Patrick Moore. They <laughs> we have the technology. <laughs> could have been an Unreal Five ad. Who would be equivalent? to Patrick Moore that's quite hard it would have to be Brian Cox or something <laughs> that, that, he's too cool I'll give no, you a clue like... Brian Cox isn't old enough or, nor, nor is the new one an no, astronomer old yeah or even vaguely <laughs> old science old guy not an astronomer <laughs> yeah who could it be don't know who was it Trevor McDonald oh they 100% got Trevor McDonald to do this and like yeah, he's right. obviously reading from a script just as Patrick Moore was. But he's all right at it as well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and uh, my favourite thing, I think, about the whole show is the extremely budget way they, quote-unquote, kill people off in this thing. Like, So if you lose your challenge, it's like... like you know, it's always been get the, the Games Master thing right, where you go into some, like, pit or something or you get... <laughs> yeah. You get you get murdered off screen, <laughs> basically. In this one, what they do is they literally just flush you down into the lava pit where um, uh, the games master supposedly lives. But it's like done in like the worst. Like they just film them going ah in front of a camera, and then just like very hurriedly like copy and paste them falling down this CG tower. <laughs> it's, it's it's the worst, but it's hilarious. <laughs> and then so and then I Trevor McDonald has some get- kind of burn. <laughs> So did it get canned then? Like a, I don't think it got like canned. I don't think it was a, it was planned to be a long for more than three new, episodes. Oh, okay. A long reboot because oh, no, like in the last episode, he literally just say like, "Well, that's the end of the reboot." I hope your nostalgia hasn't been totally ruined. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good joke. Nice. It was all right. It was yeah. it was surprisingly okay. If you're, I think like for people like us, like mm. where we're too into it, it's a little bit meaningless. But I, I think for the if a casual gaming audience is still a thing, slides right it's in. Quite, it is quite strange how all this time later, games and TV never really came together. No. No shows never really worked. It's got to the point where TV is dead and games is oh way bigger. <laughs> okay, so this, so this is... Po- okay, another really great thing about this. Do you remember Sky's attempt at taking on Games Master back in the 90s? I think I remember something. Games World. Right. Was it a kid show? I mean, no, Games I mean, Master was bits a kid of show. It, bits but... of it were. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, it was all aimed at sort of younger ages, I suppose, back then. Um, mm-hmm. But do you remember the Tuesday night versions of Games World featuring Big Boy Barry? I mean, no. <laughs> but... well, he's was back, it, was baby. Was it live? 
Was it live? No, it was a, like, like a sketch show. It was, it, was, it, was like oh, a, okay. it was like a painful sitcom. <laughs> oh, God. It had David Walliams in it. Um, not a joke. Sounds That's painful. Yeah. Um, oh, and it also had like Jet from Gladiators in it as well. It was weird. Um, anyway, yeah, Big Boy Barry. He turns up in Games Master. <laughs> it's like, return. Oh, oh I see. After all these years. It's pretty okay. ridiculous. I kind of oh, hope they well, come back. Because, was... oh yeah, well, they also do a sort of Limmy style sketch will. about like educating another Scotsman about video game terms, which is actually pretty good as well. <laughs> I mean, Limmy would be the per- would be a good host for. A, he streams now, though. He, that's the thing. TV's dead. You just watch Limmy on Twitch instead. Does he stream? Right. What does he stream? Yeah, that's Lemmy's whole thing. He streams all the time. That's his job. He's, he's a Twitch streamer. Lemmy. Wow. All right. Yeah. And of course, it's hilarious. You can get clips of it on YouTube. But yeah, that's what he does now. <laughs> he's, he's a Twitch streamer. Does he, what, what, streams games? Or does he just talk to I people? he does. Or does he try and do I'm that like, like phone it. RPG game joke that's in the Lemmy show? <laughs> just do it for real. <laughs> Not sure. I don't actually watch Twitch streams, but I just see his clips of it on, of him on YouTube from from Twitch. Wow! All right. Let's see. Maybe I can uh, look up Lemmy and see how many uh, subscribers he's got or something. How do you do that, Twitch? Lemmy, three hundred ninety-three thousand followers. Is that a lot? Sounds like a lot. Wait, just three thousand in the single thousands? Or? No. 393. Oh, 393. So nearly four. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty good. So nearly 400,000. I mean, way more than we'll ever get. <laughs> that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. Anywho, it seems that we have segued slightly into games there <laughs> through the power of uh, Games Master. So is it time for the news? News! <laughs> the singular news. The news. news. The news. What's the news? Everyone knows what the news is. Everyone knows it was what enough the news that is. when I saw the news, it was on the front page of the BBC News. Yeah. And I made a like what the fuck face in my uh, Zoom call. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I first heard of it from, oh, from Kippers on, on Facebook. He posted it saying saying, Oh good <laughs> um, Hang on to your Call of Duty on PlayStation for now, bitches or something. <laughs> and, I'm, and I just like commented to be like, what the what? Like I was just so like, is this real? Because I've just seen this on Facebook. This can't be real. And yeah. obviously I saw it via the power of yeah. YouTube thumbnails, because that's <laughs> where I receive news nowadays, apparently. <laughs> yes. You don't actually need to watch any videos, just no. browse all the thumbnails. And the people doing stupid faces in the stupid thumbnails. So Microsoft. Uh, yeah have put in a proposal i mean it's 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 kind of a done deal but not closed if that makes sense um they're, um, I mean, but they're but yeah. they're buying activision blizzard Act, well is are they just activision blizzard or are they actually just is their full title activision blizzard king yeah um oh fair well whatever and you thought buying Bethesda was a bold move. This I mean, is like seventy billion dollars. Like Ten or twenty times more money being being handed over. The biggest acquisition by far in Microsoft history. It's an imaginary number. It it's just 
which is why it's, why it, everyone is like it's not necessarily a done deal yet because this is definitely something that could get lord could get lord in some kind of monopoly anti-competitive aspects well, going on here but it so, seems so like they, it's so likely to go through yeah well yeah because it doesn't it's odd right because even even by Microsoft's own press briefing or their own statement on this, this would still only make them make Microsoft the third biggest video game company. <laughs> yeah, but that's not. Like, I mean, I think behind Tencent and I don't think that's the way you need to look at that statistic. You need to look at who's fourth and Sony. <laughs> Sony are up there as well. Like so, Sony, yeah. Tencent, then Microsoft. You don't need to look at the two that are above. You need to look at the one that's below. Because if that one is way below, that's where the problem is. <laughs> I suppose, but then wouldn't it be like kind of weird to have a go at Microsoft for Monopoly when there's two people bigger than them? Like it, it, that smacks of like, well, like, I mean, like well, yeah, but, surely you should go after Sony and Tencent. Yeah, but first. are they currently buying someone? No. <laughs> oh, I mean, Sony have bought lots of little people recently, but like, no, they haven't bought huge, huge, massive. And, I mean, you can't do anything about Tencent, so they barely even count in the in the statistic. No, I I don't think anything like that's going to happen. It's not. It's not. It's not quite enough, I think, to be Monopoly standard. It's not like media player on Windows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I mean, it's not. it doesn't have to be a Monopoly. It just has to be on the road to a Monopoly. That's the whole point of this thing. There's a difference between... That's why it's called anti-competitive and not just a Monopoly. But Microsoft will never be able to buy Sony. Yeah, but that's not the point. So it will never be a Monopoly. That's, They'll never buy that, Nintendo because Nintendo will never sell. They tried. They tried. Yeah. <laughs> the point is that it's shrinking the market. It's not that it's actually a monopoly or not. See, it's see, here's the weird thing about that statement, sure. though. I don't. Activision Blizzard don't actually put out that much content, really. <laughs> yeah, they're huge, but they don't put out that much. They put out a Call of Duty every year. You mean they don't put out much that we care about? No, I mean literally, like because you for, know, for the amount. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's probably. I was going to say a third, but it's probably way more than a third of that company. Maybe, but that, like, okay, what? I mean, this is outside our realm of knowledge, I suppose. But like, do King do like what else does King own other than Candy Crush? Are they behind Clash Royale? And that, I mean, that, that is that is the exact question that we don't know. <laughs> are they? Are they Clash? Of, are they Clash of Clans? I'm, I would probably. bet they're probably one of them. Yeah. One of those grade of games. I mean, don't get me wrong, Candy Crush still makes a fortune. Yes. Somehow. Um, somehow. But again, like, I mean, there's ongoing things still. I mean, World of Warcraft is still hanging around. That's maybe not making that much money any longer. It's but... not like, well, they're not really doing huge updates for World of Warcraft anymore, are they? Like, when was the last time they put out an expansion for that thing? Like, years and well, years ago. Well, apart from the remake one, which is Class kind of, classic, kind of an expansion. I suppose. Yeah. But. I'm not sure that barely counts. No, I mean the thing I've heard like 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 well okay what's the play here with these properties? Like people have been trying to figure out what are Microsoft actually going to do with the IP they have now? And it's like, well, World put of Warcraft. Put it all on Game Pass is the answer. Put it all yeah, on Game Pass. Game put World of Warcraft Craft on console, possibly if that's if that's even doable. I wouldn't um, have thought they'll try that. I mean, it's already on PC, and that's 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 Microsoft's angle anyway. Yeah. Otherwise, what else have they got? Like Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 become exclusives. Um, they've already said Call of Duty is not going to be Xbox exclusive. They're going to keep that on PlayStation. For now. Because, you know, money. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it money? Like, 
I mean, it's, it's five to put it on. <laughs> no, but, that, but, but that's the that's um, the thing. It's a bit like pass, isn't it, though? It's, oh, true. It, that's, 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 been that's the same with Bethesda. It's all about having the content to make the Netflix of games. Hundred percent. Out of making the Netflix of Netflix. That's <laughs> absolutely why they've acquired them. And but I mean, it's like, you, but it's like want... what are they? What what could they do that's out? That's you know breaks the Activision Blizzard mold is what's interesting, right? I mean, yeah, if you true. want to, if you want to take another alternate definition of a monopoly they pretty much have a monopoly on game on a game pass-esque service i mean that part's true <laughs> you could yeah you could argue they're the only people doing this i mean playstation now does exist and it is kind of the same thing it's just not nearly well as i mean if games pass does transition to be more like a netflix for gaming then that will automatically be a monopoly essentially <laughs> It'll be the same as Netflix, though, wasn't it? Netflix was the only game in town, kind of. No, because, love, didn't Love then, Film uh, built it to the punch? Uh, beat it well, to the they, punch, sorry. That's, that's just UK, though. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, in terms of the streaming service, they were way out ahead, but now like, you've got your Disney Pluses and the Amazon have caught up and stuff like that. I mean, that. I guess I mean, that... Not, you know. It's a problem of, like, what... what... <sighs> Also, it wasn't long until Prime Video sort of entered that space. I mean, I like, suppose, yeah, exactly. The two are pretty close. I suppose the difference between the Netflix of Netflix and the Netflix of gaming <laughs> is that like Netflix well they do now but originally Netflix didn't really make the content not well yeah no but then they transitioned to that fairly fast right and so, so and I mean in Microsoft's case they technically don't make the content but they own they all make, the publishers that do make the content and they do make well, con- they make some content well yeah they uh, make a bit of it the, the comparison's actually very very apt like yeah microsoft is, make yeah. a great deal of content for their own service because of course they do they might you know, they, it's in their interests to netflix make a whole lot of content for their own service that will never be anywhere else because it's in their interests to exactly um, although a lot of stuff that gets marked as a netflix series is often just bought in like a lot of it, yeah. it, it annoys me sometimes where there's like company. like yeah. a lot of shows where it's the, where they say this is a Netflix original. It's like no, you've just got the distribution rights to it. <laughs> you've got the exclusive distribution to this show. It was actually made by someone else. Yeah, that's just how it goes, though, isn't it? Yeah, it, like, like even BBC shows. Obviously, they're funded by the BBC from the public from the, the oh, but only, license fee for the time being. But, but only they partially. still go to they still go to a yeah a. a a production company to make shows and sometimes yeah some of the funding comes from yeah a lot of the know, bbc america or whatever it's absolutely a lot of the big bbc stuff is done in partnership now with someone yeah. like the bbc will be involved yeah. but there'll be another big international company that you know funding a yeah. good deal of it like that that the the watch was that way right it was like yeah, there that was, was bbc america yeah and I, what was the other thing i was thinking of is is it uh his dark materials or something that's another thing where it's funded no. like internationally or something oh, was, wait no the watch was like bbc america but it was also south africa right because that's where they filmed it all right yes that was what we that was the weird thing about it that's a long-standing thing like like band of brothers was like 2001 or like that was hbo bbc wasn't it right yeah 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 but that's the thing yeah the beep, the beep can't afford shows like that on their own they, they they have to partner up i suppose that's news as well hey the whole bbc subscription thing is uh, is, st- is is kind of blowing up isn't it and it's like i i mean they just deployed that to try and distract from fucking Gate shit. <laughs> yes, but that's what everything at the moment is that yeah everything's yeah, a distraction. everything even the freaking war in ukraine probably <laughs> <laughs> they're like oh we'll send them some guns and laws or whatever <laughs> so, yeah so yeah 
this is this is a big deal, but like in a weird way, like I think in terms of you and I as a consumer, it is less of a deal, I think, than some of the previous buys. Like I actually don't think, because as I say, Activision it, Blizzard's output, other than Call of Duty, is not fast. They don't put out many games. It's like Overwatch yes. Two is two years behind. Diablo but, but Four is make, multiple years behind. It's but that might make the, giant games, don't they? Like, like they make Skyrim big single games occasionally. No, uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Bethesda do, yeah, but like yeah. Blizzard don't, not anymore. Activision don't anymore. Like, okay, yeah. well, what Activision also have, I suppose, Crash and Spyro, and Crash Four is kind of their most recent, like, <laughs> outside the the mold hit, I suppose. Um, I, sp- I suppose the other angle to all this is, of course, Activision has been in the shit for, and this is why it happened now. Yes. I but, so but I was, is... I was, I was definitely delaying our discussion on this because this is obviously yeah. a huge part of it, right? Like the stock price yeah. for Activision Blizzard had been decreasing since the, well, basically since the media got hold of the whole um, scandal. Yeah, the you know the abuse, the abuse, the allegations, all of the the bad working conditions, anything you can think of. It's it's happened at Activision and Blizzard and King, and uh, it, it's 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 would be somewhat remiss to to state that Bobby Kotick, CEO of Activision Blizzard King, hasn't exactly been a he's, he's basically Randy Pitchford but like on a whole other level, right? <laughs> I don't know a whole other level, pretty equal levels probably. Just that we know let's about it, we know about Bobby Kotick's levels. Let's call it a ten times billion multiplier. Well, sure, <laughs> like, I guess. In terms of money, pitch, yeah. And now you know he's still in post for now, but he'll be going. But he'll be going mega rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean the reports are a bit mixed on that, like whether or not he'll be going or not. Like some say he'll be going when he the acquisition will. completes. Some say he'll be sticking around, and it's. It's offensive that he's not being booted. It's offensive that Microsoft... Well, Satya Nadella, who's normally, I think, a pretty decent guy, has, is, is basically saying we're grateful for him trying to sort out the situation there. And it's like, I mean, sure, I guess that statement is true, but he is the situation there, in part. Yeah. He can't stay. I think it's all so that they can finalise the deal. <sighs> it's a way of getting him out. Like, well, I mean, they've got to yeah. like because he's so ingrained in the in the board of Activision Blizzard or whatever that like once that once that board gets subsumed into Microsoft, that'll make it way easier to get rid of him. <laughs> essentially, problem is, is it's, it's all contracts. Yeah, naturally, he may be the biggest asshole on the planet, like short of having a nuclear weapon, I guess. But his company makes a bucket load of money. And it's like, oh, that's no one's going to get rid of him while he's still making a bucket load of money, and that's the that's the unfortunate part of it all. If any, if anyone can, Microsoft can, right? Well, yeah. I don't think they that's... would have got rid of him on their own if Microsoft hadn't bought them. <laughs> Eventually, I it, it, it was taken... going that way. I see. I'd, I've never been convinced that they they had enough on him. Like every time everyone says it's like this is the thing that's going to get Bobby, he survives. Every time. <laughs> but this time has been fairly different. This time it was actual legal shit going on, not just people saying things. But, you, but usually, like, like even those cases, they don't often result in the CEO being being kicked out. They often result in, like, 
the company itself will end up having a fine that is, is that sounds like a big number, but is utterly meaningless to the, to the well-being of the company. Likely how it'll go. Well, I don't actually know what like what exactly the penalties that California can do. Actually, no, are. no, I can't. Like, not presumably, it will just be some kind of fine, but they. But will that, like, you know, is it, how what percentage of Activision Blizzard is even in California or whatever? Like, because mm. that's the other way that you get out of those kind of fines, isn't it? The company is not actually fully in California. It's like 50% in Ireland or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so you can only have 50% of our money to take from. <laughs> right. But yes, so the... Sort of the, the like the most intriguing part of this is actually Microsoft now owning the IPs of Activision mm. and Blizzard, like historic, not just the ones they they crank out these days. <laughs> yeah, but what, like everything what even other ones are there? Of those rock and roll racing. Like imagine if like they it's gave that to someone else. Going like to be interesting in the slightest. Oh come on! They're, exactly they're... the same thing that's going to happen as happened with Rare. They will have a bunch of old IPs that people right. theoretically care about, but don't actually care about enough to do anything with. But they're making that a new perfect a dark. They're making a new perfect dark. Oh, guys, they're guys, they're, really. they're making a be... new perfect dark. I don't think they are. <laughs> Vaporware, I think they're making it? an <laughs> FPS that they put the perfect dark name on. It'll come out of perfect dark. If anything is, I forget who it is. Is it, is it the initiative or something that's working on that? Something like that. One of their. You mean not rare for a start? No, it isn't rare. But, uh, <laughs> but, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. They've got, they've got the IP. They can give it to any of their studios, and they've got a lot of sodding studios now. <laughs> Which is half of the problem. Let the people who actually made the game make the game. The Lost Vikings. No, the people who made the game aren't in Activision and Blizzard anymore. That's the thing. Like well, those people are long gone. The people that made like Overwatch aren't in the company anymore. Half of those were part of this allegation thing, and half of those left. It's like half of the people at the, at the top of that. Anyway, it's like yeah, the, the, it's too much time has passed with this studio to say like that their IPs of old can be made by the people that made the old games. Well, I, like, don't, that's the, I think too much time has passed from their IPs of old to be relevant any longer. Because <laughs> the ones that they kept making, they kept making, and the ones that they didn't make are so old at this point that it's just like it's not even, it's not even funny to talk about making them again. It's not like the rare ones. They at least made a few more attempts to keep those IPs alive. <laughs> The possibility is there, and I think Microsoft Microsoft have done it in the past. They have done this thing. They're making another Perfect Dark. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Microsoft is interested in that. Bit of but, they brought back Psycho. I mean, they, okay, admittedly, like Double Fine were doing Psychonauts already, but hey, that came back, and Microsoft helped that happen. They brought back Battletoads. And that wasn't rare making that. <laughs> that was another studio. But that was after Killer Instinct, though, right? They brought back Killer Instinct. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but Killer Instinct. <laughs> that was Double Helix. That was a, like a, an unproven studio. I think Killer Instinct might have been a special case because I think that was Microsoft looking for a fighting game at that time. True. And they owned the IP. Yeah. So I got someone in. But that's the. Yeah. 
I, sp- I suppose you're right. I suppose they don't own in in, in the S. Uh, like, what IPs could Activision Blizzard bring to the table, or what genres could they bring to the table that they don't already have? I suppose like they don't have a proper. Um, what do you call it? Like a like an action RPG, particularly. It's like if you if you're counting <laughs> Bring back like the no no no. I mean like um, oh you mean I mean, like my, Diablo like Diablo yeah Diablo's kind of I mean Minecraft Dungeons I suppose was their attempt at that yeah oh, fairly in, obviously in a, in a light way but you know now they have Diablo that fills a niche for them no I mean the obvious answer of what, what Microsoft is getting out of this is all the mobile shit <laughs> yeah I mean it's just, it's just money isn't it like in on that front like the mo- mobile makes money doesn't make the news it'll be it'll be a nice little learner well, it does make our news <laughs> I'm not even sure like mobile really makes big news anyway like mobile gaming no I mean I guess It just sort of sits there, making all the money in the world. And we can safely ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, anyway. Anyway, right, well, that is the big the news. news, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays the, out. Do you reckon they'll get the Age of Empires team making a new StarCraft? I think StarCraft's been dormant for quite mm. a while now, really. Who made Age of, the new Age of Empires, wasn't it? It's oh, I can't remember. It's it's a, it is a it, relic, wasn't it? No, I don't think it was relic. Um, oh. Can't remember. It is an it is a, it's an internal studio, but I don't think it was because aren't relic still owned by like two K or something still? Oh um, right, okay. Or no, that's I might be thinking of Massive and Massive's Ubisoft. Um, yeah. Can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Like now, I'm thinking that like I don't know if Microsoft wants to have a competition to Age of Empires because <laughs> I mean, at least not immediately. Yeah, maybe. We'll probably several years away if we're going to see a new StarCraft. I mean, because they'd have to start making it from scratch at this point. Sure, they could do Warcraft. <laughs> I mean, they what could do Warcraft. Warcraft they could, Four. They could, they, could, they could fix Warcraft Three first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Oh, it was Relic. No, you're absolutely right. Relic Entertainment in partnership yeah. with World's Edge. Yeah. You are absolutely right. I mean, it's, it, we've still got technically up to a year until this deal actually is fully complete. <laughs> and mm. and judging by how things have been going with Bethesda, we're, it's We've still got at least as long as it's been since Microsoft brought Bethesda until we'll actually see anything happen, apparently. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's going to be like a year and a half till this closes anyway. Yeah. So and then business like, as usual until then, at really. At least a year, probably more before we even see any new games. I mean, I guess Bethesda were working on stuff before they got bought, and then, so that's all still planned to come out. And we, if you assume that Activision is working... I mean, you know, there'll be a Call of Duty, I mean, I guess... <laughs> That's about all you can say. Mm. Uh, yeah, but there will be a Call of Duty, and at least for the foreseeable, it's going to keep being on, on all platforms. What if they Haven't stop they, the Call really, of Duty really, train? For the single player, 
they've run out, haven't they, of, of ideas of settings, haven't they? They've done every single one three times, haven't they? <laughs> well, this is what I wonder. I wonder if they actually stop the Call of Duty train. Like, if, But the problem is, is like Call of Duty still... It doesn't top the charts, I think, anymore, but it's still way up mm. there, year on year. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they do just drop the... Um, campaigns completely i mean they tried that one year right was it was it black ops 3 or something that didn't really have a campaign right and they partially tried to do it with warzone i guess yeah you could argue that that was basically a game that didn't have a campaign except it wasn't meant to be as big yeah the free to play basically and it's warzone that that makes the money i guess now well i guess that's the way to they're doing it with halo so they just do the same with the call of duty just make it free to play and (laughs) counter-strike Do you pay for Counter Strike? I think you. Should, I can't remember. Do you still pay for Go? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah still, right. still an entry fee. I think because it's still one of the most, um, uh, what do you call it, hacked and abused <laughs> yep. games right, on the planet. Right, right. That 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 actually having an entry fee makes sense. Hmm, okay. It doesn't stop it, <laughs> but hey, it's a it's a deterrent of sorts. Can you play that on con- on modern consoles? No. Counter-Strike, no. No. Absolutely not. I mean, you could Steam Link your PC. (laughs) At one point you could, though, right? Like, wait. There was one version of Counter-Strike that came out on console years and years and years ago. Maybe in the 360 era. Mm. Whatever that was called. Was that in the orange box? Maybe it was Counter Strike Zero, wasn't it? Oh yes, that was, that was the, it. That was the specific Cause that, version because that had a campaign. Yeah, yeah. Zero. I don't think Zero was particularly fondly well, no, remembered because it was the consoleized one. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the multiplayer never took off on PC because everyone was just continuing to play normal Counter Strike. They were still playing CS Source at that point. Yeah, and CS Source was fine. <laughs> Still, or you. Were they just think CS one point six. Yes. I suppose there was the split then, wasn't there? The ones, the one yes. sixes versus the sources. I mean, that was the other problem with zero. Is like that they'd already had this split user base, and they were like, "Now we're going to have a third one." Mm. <laughs> I wonder what the story was behind Go being successful. Really, if you think about it, like. Because they actually, because it was actually different enough. Yeah, I guess enough time had passed. <laughs> Maybe that's all it was. One point six and Source were just showing their age, and it's like, well, here's a slightly better one that's now all esported up. Yes, I mean it actually had more functionality. Mm. I mean, if any game's going to be a legit esport game, might as well be Counter Strike, right? At least at the time. It still is. Yeah. Still a big deal. Right, that's the news. It's time for uh, what have you been playing? I did did have one other tiny, tiny bit of news that I noticed. Very quietly, at some point, Red Out 2 got announced. And it's like, yes, I need my future racing fix. You need them to be better. Red Out 1 was all right. I I, pretty much 100%ed that game. Other than the DLC, I didn't get the DLC. Probably should get the DLC. 
I've probably lost all my skill now, though. So it's yeah. like... Can't go back. Yeah. Oh, well, you can't go back. You have to start over. Have to start over. <laughs> yeah. It was quite a long campaign in, in that thing. But yeah, Red Out 2 got announced. They, but they did that Red Out sort of like um, space combat thing. It was their last mm. project. They, they, they gave it the Red Out name, but it was like a... Um, almost like an on-rail shooter, but apparently wasn't particularly well-received. Um, so I'm kind of happy they've gone back to what they got right the first time. And uh, yeah, there's a trailer out. It looks good. It's got my uh, future racing itch like flaring up. It's like it's just, just under my armpit on my right arm. Just just right there. <laughs> is that where it is? Just need to shove some anti-gravity right in there. <laughs> some AG bomb. <laughs> AG systems. I played some of that recently, actually, as well. I've been, yeah, me too. I mean, segue. Yeah, I've been, I've been getting back into my future races. Yeah, <laughs> I played, I played Wipeout more. Omega. I've played Fast Racing this week. I played some F Zero this week. Wow, We're quite a smorgasbord of uh, a smorgasbord. future racing. Absolutely, smorgasbord. You want to talk about it then? <laughs> what you've been playing? Well, the only playing. future races. Yeah, I had a brief stint on. Let's talk about Wipeout first. Yeah, I had a brief, brief return to that. Uh, the Omega Collection on PS4. Yeah, me um, too. I played a bit of that. Just because I was like, I, I, whenever I go back to that thing, I sort of realise it's like, yeah, I never really got through the um, what was it, with the PS Vita Wipeout content particularly in that thing. I got through most of um, Wipeout HD's content again. Um, but I never, I haven't sunk enough time into that. Into the actual new stuff, I suppose. The the last wipeout. So yeah, I went back, yeah. And went back and did some more of that. And it's like it's it's one of those ones where I think like the problem with nearly nearly every wipeout game is they're like if you take them on there as as individuals, there's they're almost always too slight, right? There's not there's never quite enough tracks in any of them. No, and it's like and that no. one in particular suffers from that. There's 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 really not very many tracks at all in. I can't even remember its number. What is it? Twenty forty nine, something like that. Um, it's a little, it's a little bit light, and uh, yeah. But it is still a, and like the visual design because it's like being like, oh, this is the no, it's, was it twenty forty seven? Because it's trying to be the earlier one, right? It's like it's the earliest wipeout, technically. Um, yeah, because like the difference. Yeah, because like the track design, like they obviously landed quite. I guess in the timeline of Wipeout, they hadn't quite landed on tracks being designed in certain ways, so you end up the end up being like quite busy city environments, which sometimes make actually seeing where the track is kind of difficult until you learn it. Yeah. So like returning to it after a while of absence is a little bit like okay, I know there's a thing here somewhere. Ah, oh, but I, yeah, there it goes. Like I know where it is now, but I couldn't see it the first time because the track design's quite busy, and it's yeah. Like no, no yeah. amount of 4Kng it up seems to have uh, really improved the uh, readability of the tracks, which I, which is a problem. Like I, I think uh, previous Wipeout games have done that way better. Like this might be the first time where I've looked at a Wipeout game and been like, I'm not quite sure I understand this track because <laughs> it was, I guess, a deliberate effort to bring it like yeah closer to the present day in terms of the having the cityscapes and even the handling and everything i don't know was more kind of car-like i suppose mm. to some extent like it was supposed to be 
deliberate that stuff but yeah i agree i'd rather they stuck to uh i know they were trying to go for something different but like uh you know the uh the more stylized uh, fu- you know far future stuff made mm. it easier to uh i preferred the handling of it and uh made it easy to read the tracks to boot there's definitely some little touches here and there that i, I appreciate though like the um the fact that all of the different brands of vehicle now have their own onboard voice and things like that that's kind of nice so like when you pick yeah, up pick cool. up things like it will read it in the in the vehicle's voice i think the ai voice that tells you that stuff is incoming is always the same so like you're always hearing missile yeah rockets <laughs> rockets rockets and they've tried to mix up the campaign of like all the levels a bit by like having weapon restrictions so like you'll have a level where it's like only rockets and things like that and as opposed to like being like oh it's this is a weapon race or this is not a weapon race it's like no this is a rocket race which can sometimes add a little bit of variety, but yeah, I think that's a good idea. Mm. The core problem is, is like whenever they try and innovate, it's very rare that they try and innovate with with success in Wipeout, right? It's, normally, it's just all about the core racing. It's like because like HD and oh, I think it was introduced with Fury, where they introduced like basically weapon events where you score points for. For hitting stuff with weapons and it's like surely that's just a bit of a crapshoot then it's like whoever happens to be nearby whoever ha- you just happen to have a weapon and it's like you can and then they introduce the 180 button so you can turn around and fire backwards on those events as well and it's like this isn't really a skillful mode this is just pick up weapon shoot weapon stay near the pack it's like it's not there's not a lot of nuance to it and it's like yeah wipeout's all about going fast and winning races it's like and that's where it's still good and they're like the one good thing i guess they introduced in that era was zone mode right mm. that was pretty yeah neat. zone mode was cool because i'm not even sure the variant they added of zone which was the um i forget what they call it but it's the one where there's like mines all over the track it's a bit like zone but there's mines on the track as well and you have to shoot those down to get time back i think that was a less successful yeah yeah i mean but it's nice that they're there to mix things up yeah anyway that's still a great game i still still don't think the omega collection is as essential as the ps3 (laughs) version of hd and fury just because of the soundtrack changes i think i'm warming up to that soundtrack slowly like so I was kind of off it at first, thinking like like this it's like it's just it's a shame it's just not as good as the one from HD and Fury. I mean I just use the uh PlayStation Spotify integration to play like whatever wipe out uh uh playlist that I can find. Sure. I've looked for those, Spotify. but like there's actually a surprising number of tracks that just aren't accessible on that thing. Mm, like, even on Spotify, true. it's just like oh, yeah, these tracks these tracks aren't on Spotify. Damn. Yeah, how much cold storage can I get? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did that, and then the next thing I tried was I went back to F Zero GX. I went back to my Dolphin version of it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Is that the best uh, available version? Well, it, I mean, I wouldn't say it's a it, it's a near perfect emulation now. Like, yeah, um, yeah. Um, yeah, the the, the very the very. The very latest beta version of Dolphin, you'll you'll do just fine. It does it hitches occasionally, um, you know, which obviously the GameCube version didn't. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, to, it's it, to call it a perfect version, like yeah, it's not it's not quite 
as slick as I guess as it was back on the on the GameCube. But it's pretty close, and you can play it at like 4K and stuff like that, and it doesn't really tax modern PCs as much as you'd expect. So it's um it's a good emulation now. Um, so I went back into that. I've done a, I've done everything in expert mode on that now. I, like, I, but I'm struggling to get back up to the master mode level because goddamn, that's hard. <laughs> and I actually haven't earned enough earned enough credits to go through and do all the story missions yet because I had a weird system. Didn't you? you had to unlock money? You had to get earn enough money so you could buy the next chapter in the story. But completing oh, yeah. a but completing a chapter in the story didn't give you enough money for the next chapters. You had to go to away progress. and do some Grand Prix. You had to grind, basically. To you had to grind, yeah. <laughs> and I think you have to do that with hard, the hard mode missions as well. I can't, can't quite remember. Not, not sure. I think I, need, I think I think I just needed a bit of future cool this week, and it's like, yeah, yeah. F Zero still has it in spades. Still love that soundtrack. Still love the uh, like how the cars feel. It's such a unique feeling. Games, even even now, like just the way the cars handle with the almost digital steering but there's like certain vehicles have just enough drift that you barely notice but it's there you're sliding across the circuit like you just have to keep a handle on it the one the one thing like that and this may be an emulation problem because i don't remember it being quite so problematic in the gamecube one is that like it, when you reach there are certain tracks where if you basically just go like reach a certain speed or you're going too fast along a bit of track you can just detach from it and i think in the, in the emulated version i've detached from bits of upside down track that i never managed to detach from on the gamecube version so i'm guessing right. there are some little emulation ti- or timing issues where the physics go a bit wrong like one of the one of the tracks in the first cup um i think it's called lightning split split loop um you're basically doing the same track, but instead of it really turning left and right all that much, you're basically going <laughs> doing 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 it like a, like a loop the loop. So it will be the track one side, then you'll do the the same track backwards, but you'll be on the ceiling of the track. Um, and I managed to get up to a certain certain speed on that on on the ceiling where I just ended up detaching from the ceiling, and it's like, well, that's my race over. <laughs> and I think it happens on it, that used to happen on F Zero X on like the the high speed loop track you could get to a certain speed and just fly off the track because you were going too fast um so (laughs) it's not it's a weird problem to have where it's like oh man i was just too good at this track and i broke the game but but yeah i did i did encounter that and it's like i don't don't remember that being quite so bad in gx but hey that's still a hell of a game still love it to pieces um yeah, and Still then I did... no hopes for any kind of sequel. No, nope, none at, at all. We got, we got this. <laughs> we got this. Not unless Nintendo rope into everything they have been talking about, like like a new F Zero and a Star Fox GP into whatever the new Mario Kart ends up being. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I, I think it has to be a separate game. I don't think they could roll F Zero into Mario Kart. Mario Kart Nine had better just be like Super Smash Kart at this point. <laughs> Yeah, that would make sense. Because they already started moving in that direction with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Now that, like, Link and a squid... What are they called? Squidlings? Squid... Squid people. From, yeah. From Splatoon. Um, and a villager. Or an Animal Crossing character of some sort. Um, 
yeah, now that they're in Mario Kart 8, it's like, yeah, uh, they've already started going down this path. Just go all the way down it. Super Smash Kart. Come on, let's go. But only if they actually make the characters matter. <laughs> right, and yeah. what they do in Smash Brothers, don't they? Well, you'd have to make, like, the carts... Well, it couldn't quite be as unique as they are Smash characters. Well, the trouble is that the, they already have the cart customization, but that's not in any way tied to anything. I mean, it's just ca- like no. you're just changing the stats, basically. I mean, the character lightness is still pretty Yeah, I guess, play, but right? that's only like one of three options. Yeah. You, you, it needs to be related to the power-ups if you're going to really do it. That's well, where it has to come in. You have to have a specific, not just one specific power-up even, but like maybe multiple. Well, I haven't played it, but apparently that's a thing in Mario Kart Tour. The like the like mobile one, right? Where like characters will have a have a unique power up. Well, I mean that's um, just double dash. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But totally bring that back. That was a good system. There was a reason to pick a character, right? Well, hmm. yeah, but I in, in double dash, it like it was in no way you know balanced. <laughs> I mean, if you're no. going to do it for for like a Super Smash Kart kind of thing, you'd have to have all the characters would have to have more than one, ideally, and you'd actually have to make some effort to make them all viable. Oh, I don't know that you'd have to. It'd be fun to try, everyone. Depends how much they care about the online. Well, I mean, if you're going to go go fully Super Smash Bros. You have to have it so that you have to play everyone in a campaign kind of way where every <laughs> character has their own spe- specific set of missions. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that being thrown around as well, like a Diddy Kong Racing style campaign being added. I mean, These are all just rumours. It though, wouldn't really have to be is... a campaign. campaign. Cool. It would just be like Smash Bros. Classic mode where you just have a set series of, in this case, racers with specific conditions. Yeah, or even if there was just some subtle unlock where it's like you need to get so many wins with so many different characters that eventually it unlocks something new. Like, have a nice unlock system. Yeah. Have an incentive. Basically just riff off Smash Brothers in every aspect. (laughs) That's what we're saying. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Oh, it's their own game. They can do that. (laughs) They're allowed. Yeah. (laughs) Nintendo's Radio Towers. Uh, yeah, so then the the last thing I, I picked muck, pick muck, Mario Kart for my fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, M- if MK9 comes out this year, not to be confused with Mortal <laughs> yeah. Kombat 9. Yeah, sorry, what were you, what's the last thing you played? Last thing I m- mucked around with was um, that Wii U gem from Shinnan Entertainment, Fast Racing Neo. Uh, because I want to see how well that behaved on Simu, which is the uh, Wii U emulator. Um, mm-hmm. And as it turns out, very well indeed. Well, I mean, that whole game was a situation of it running surprisingly well that at the time, a, wasn't it? That game, that game is amazing. Like, like, like yeah, te- technologically, on a console that was underpowered at the time, like, and it was it was doing rendering tricks that it probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah, it had some very aggressive dynamic resolution scaling going on. But yeah, Fast Racing Neo was a was a very impressive title for the for the Wii U. Um, less so for the Switch because they didn't like the Switch is obviously a more powerful machine. So Fast Racing Fast Racing RMX got some minor upgrades, but not mm. not a not a huge amount was done to it. It was a re-release after all. Um, 
but yeah, Neo at the time was quite was hella impressive. But like, okay, n- now you can run it in Simu. Like when you install Simu, it gives you the option to be like, do you want to download like a, a whole batch of like community mods for like a known list of graphics patches and things for games? And I'm like, yeah, go on then. Uh, and, yeah. and the one for fast racing Neo is just because it doesn't seem like there's um you know like when you're playing with most emulators you get like a resolution picker basically like what graphics mode do you want to run this at do you want to run this at this do you want to see how it's like apparently that's not really a thing that Simu does it's like the game has to be has to come with a modifier for changing the resolution like in, the, in one of these packs uh, right. and fast racing just happens to have one so you can like go super high if you want um, I ran into some problems running the game in Vulcan mode um, on the most recent build of Simu, but uh, running it in OpenGL mode, absolutely flawless. It is, it runs, runs wonderfully. Very crisp. Again, has a couple of hitches here and there, a little bit like F Zero GX. Like it's not, it's not a super perfect emulation, but it's, it's good enough. And uh, yeah, did, did a few races on that, and just reminded me how much I freaking love that game. It's so good. Like if ever there was an F Zero like successor this is it it's like it's the closest thing you're gonna get it doesn't handle the same but like the, the cars are definitely heavier and it's um yeah it's, it's definitely a weightier feeling game than f-zero but it definitely gets the spirit of it 100 mm. percent. so would you play the emulated fast racing neo over the rmx one then on the switch it's tempting it really is because like um, yeah, RMX doesn't change a huge amount. They mix up like where the cups are, what tracks are in what cup, and things like that. But ultimately, the content's the content, and it's RMX adds a couple of new things. So, one of the things I did look into actually before trying Fast Racing Neo was having a little bit of doing a little bit of research to see if you can run Fast Racing RMX inside Yuzu, and Yuzu is the Switch emulator, um, which you know I'm going to put out there and say. Maybe don't look at a console that is already, you know, that is still out and still viable. That's possibly a little dodgy. <laughs> I mean, even more yeah. so than emulation is normally. Um, shaky ground. Um, but I thought, I, I own this game. Let's give this a go. <laughs> Maybe I should give this a go. Um, no, Fast Racing RMX totally isn't supported yet. Um, Fair. Um, you, you can't do it. Um, what does work on that thing, then? Apparently, Hyrule Warriors works quite well. <laughs> right, maybe slightly improve the frame. Yeah, it's Breath of the Wild, obviously. Yeah, because there's there's so many like mods, mods and 4K runs. Some of those are actually running on right. Simu for the like the, right. the Wii U version of yeah. Breath of the Wild. But yeah, Breath of the Wild is I think is runnable on Yuzu now. Um, hmm. Yeah. So. Um, Fast Racing Neo, still have a game. I'm excited. We haven't heard what Shinnan are up to now, so I'm excited to hear what... Cause the last thing they put out was The Tourist. Um, which I played, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, which was good, but it's no Fast Racing. Mm. So I really want them to come back and make another Fast Racing. Come on! You're good at this. So that's your future racing kick this that, week. What that was, else have you been playing? That was my fix. Uh, yeah, I've been playing quite a lot of Halo Infinite still. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to think... Multiplayer or, or... Multiplayer, yeah. Because, um, yeah, I finished the campaign. I haven't really gone yeah, back well. to it since I finished it. It's like I haven't really had the draw to do that. Um, like mm-hmm. I, I think I t- talked about it already, but I did that one session where I went and mopped up a few things off the map. But, yeah, after that, it's like, yeah, no, I'm not, not fussed. 
Um, mm. it's, it's had its time. Uh, but yeah, I've been spending a great deal of time in the multiplayer instead. Um, and I think my honeymoon period with it is starting to come to an end. If you see what I mean, I don't know if something yeah. has changed or if the player base is starting to switch around, but it's, it feels like there's less... It's got to the point where I feel like I'm coming across against uh, way more players that are often frequently much better than I am um, than I was like a few weeks ago, um, which is fine. I guess that happens. Like mm. I know I suck. That's not that's not a problem. <laughs> but it's like it's a, it's frustrating <laughs> to always be paired with 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 really good players, um, uh, or I'm getting paired with, or people are just playing on PC more. Um, it's hard to tell. Honestly, Kipper seems to think he can tell whether they're a PC player or a or a console player, and I'm like, well, unless I'm watching them and how they aim, I'm not sure I can. Like he said, like he said, there's like, oh, you can see yeah. it on their profile page, and I went and had to look, and I have no idea where he's getting that information from. <laughs> Probably an excuse. Sorry, Kipps. Um but I can believe that, right? Because now it's on both platforms, and there's no options to disable crossplay or anything like that. It's yeah. Maybe maybe it's taking off well on the PC, which is you know good for Halo. But like I want to play it on the Xbox, and if, if I'm disadvantaged there, maybe I yeah maybe maybe I shouldn't be playing it on the Xbox. I don't know. I don't know. Also, like I'm getting, I'm starting to get like a little bit fed up with some of the little problems that it has. Most of the time, they're not actually little problems of the game design. Like, okay, yes, stuff occasionally happens in game where you're just like, "What the hell just happened?" Probably lag, the usual, um, unavoidable. Um, but there are bits where like they're just the straight up the UI doesn't work in the menus, like in between games, where like. Uh, like one of the things I like, like, if you want to see your current challenge list, sometimes that just doesn't straight up load. Like it would just be on the spinner for being like, oh, I need to see what challenges you want me to do next, so I can actually earn progression in the in the season pass. You know, so I can get that XP, that sweet XP, and level up. Or if they've got a limited time event on, I want to see how I get my weird unicorn horns. What challenge have I got next um, uh, to get? And that that bit of interface just frequently just doesn't load for me. Um, and that can be fixed by restarting the game, but I don't really want to do that. No, all that much. It's kind of against the whole Xbox philosophy of quick resume, really. <laughs> yeah, totally. So that that's kind of odd. Uh, and sometimes the um, sometimes the wait to get into a game can be excruciating. Not because it doesn't match you fast; it ma- it does match and set up a server pretty quickly. But sometimes, like it will sit there, being like waiting for other players to load, and that naturally can take forever sometimes. And that's probably the other players' fault because they have terrible machines or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then there are times where you get into the game and it just doesn't seem like you'll you'll be sat on the um, introduction to the map, and it will just be rotating through the camera angles forever. And <laughs> you're just you're just waiting for the game to start, and it's like, come on! I think I think it's like following standard Halo launch trajectory. Like at this point, standard three four three Halo trajectory. I guess <laughs> it needs it needs tightening up a bit. Um, Is there hope that that will be accomplished then, based on prior three four three games? Oh, I a hundred percent have faith that they will do it eventually, but. Eventually, kind of needs to be sooner, I think, than their current <laughs> their current speed. Um, right, current okay. speed. 
Um, I think they do need to start thinking about throwing in more content, more meaningful content at this point. Um, like they added a new mode for the for the event um, that's running at the moment called Attrition, um, which is basically a, a team slayer, but there's a limited pool of respawns. So when the when your team runs out of respawns, you you're down and you're out basically, um, mm. and you can be revived at that point, which is, I guess is a new mechanic. But but that's that's crazy dangerous, um, and I'm not sure I'm having a huge amount of fun with attrition. It's like I, I think the idea is fine. It's just not as fun as regular Team Slayer. I don't know. It's it's. I mean, I, I play Halo for the fun factor and that it, that it's more fun than most other shooters. And it's like when you're introducing a mode where it's like this is like Halo but less fun. <laughs> it's like it doesn't doesn't yeah. doesn't necessarily appeal to me all that much. Um, And yeah, I think that's um, been a bit of a problem. Like when when the the, the event forces you into the into attrition mode, effectively, if you want to do things for the event, and it's like yeah, it's a less fun mode, then that's kind of irritating. I think they need to potentially work on. Well, they they are still working on their progression, and they did put out a thing saying you'll be able to earn the um, in-game currency next season, not this season. Which runs all the way up until May, by the way. Right. Um, but next season they'll they'll start they'll let you start earning currency through gameplay as opposed to you having to buy it, like if you want to buy mm-hmm. cosmetics and things. But it's like, yeah, that's a long that's a long way away. Yeah, before you, and then it'll be a trickle, presumably. <laughs> yeah, I want some more maps. Yeah. I want some more meaningful maps. There's only two big team battle maps at the moment, so if you're into your big team battles, that's like you're. Slim pickings for you. Just the Blood Gulch on repeat. Blood Gulch isn't even there. <laughs> well, you no, think it would be even but... easier than usual for them to just forge some maps up since they've got for- basically I mean... a giant open world that they can just put walls in and then that would be to make maps happen. I mean, sure, but Forge isn't there yet, well, no. right? This is part of the problem. Um, I forget which one. It was. I think it was Reach, right? Where they did, they just they had a nice rotation of Forge maps that. That started entering entering the mode. It wasn't there at first, but after a, after a little bit, they basically started promoting forge made maps into the main rotations. Mm, um, and those cool. were good. Some of those, sometimes those were the best get damn levels in the game. Um, the ones that were made in forge, and it's like it would be nice to see that coming about. At the moment, the community is unable to make anything themselves, yeah. really, which is um, unusual. I assume they're still. I'm assuming that everything is still basically just like a Halo map at this point, where it's just like they're all enclosed to still, right? They haven't gone like Titanfall, where it's like it looks like it's open, but there's you know invisible walls and death fields and stuff. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, you've got you've still got your open, like outdoorsy levels, I suppose, if you mean with like a death hole in it and things like that. There's still death holes, and you can still jump out of bounds and die. Yeah, but I meant like if they were if they were to just make multiplayer levels out of the single player maps, where they could just like say this is the capture point or whatever for whatever mode. This is a flag base, and just put two things into the open world, but not have to like build a stupid looking wall around it. Right. Yeah, I don't know how they would do that because there's no there's no example of that so far. Yeah. Because that's not what Halo maps are usually like. 
I mean, they I'm usually are quite they, enclosed. I'm trying to remember how they did it in Reach because they gave the Reach gave you a sort of little. It gave you a little sandboxy area, right? It gave yeah. you a, like a green bit the, of halo. Yeah, the weird forge map. Yeah, that you could then build stuff in. And a lot of the forge maps ended up just being floating metal yeah, floating blocks in the air. sky. Um, but some of them did actually incorporate bits of the terrain, and I forget how they blocked it off. Mostly just giant walls, I think. Probably, yeah, probably just impenetrable walls. Um and they were, or do they put those mine? There was that one level in was it Halo Three or something where they put like a minefield outside the level. Well, there were just straight up kill boxes in the, in Reacher's Forge, weren't there? If you went into the zone, you just died. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so you could probably easily put those around the map. Mm. I mean, I have got to got to areas in the in, in some of the infinite levels where I've got that return to battlefield warning, right? Like because I got too high up a building, and it's like, nah, nah, that's a bit. This is this is a bit scummy. And it's like, well, I've got the grappling hook. What do you expect me to do? Well, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Get punted back into a level motocross madness style. Oh, they should totally do that. Just man cannon you off areas you're not supposed to be. <laughs> it's like, good luck. You could land anywhere. Ha ha. I suppose that could be the risk. You get up to that point and be like, right, I've got a few seconds to do some do some sniping. And then <laughs> Ten gonna... second countdown and then you get punted. <laughs> But then the man cat that could be a tactic, like though that's the problem with that, I suppose. For you to like the flag or something. Yeah. <laughs> Get man cannon somewhere useful. I guess it would have to be random, right? Like any of any one of three hundred and sixty degrees, you're getting shot in that direction. Well, not really 360. Presumably it'd have to be 180 to be only away from the outside of the map that you're trying to get to. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it literally just throws you out of the map and you die. <laughs> but then why not just have that kill you in the first <laughs> I know. That's kind of what it does right now. Just counts down and kills you. Yes. Anyway, so that's that's Halo. That's me and Halo right now. Um, uh, and obviously, following on from last week, I've been playing a heck a ton of Yakuza Four. Mm-hmm. Yakuza Four. Um, How many uh, different characters have you played through now? <laughs> so. Technically, I've played through the first four. They're not called chapters now. What they're called, they're called parts. The first four parts. So I've yeah, I've I've, I've I have played as Kiryu finally. Ooh, and his 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 part is actually really short. Like or his his part is like because I've been, you play through these first four parts and the fifth part is entitled finale. <laughs> and like and Kiryu's right. like part is actually one of the shortest. Like of the it probably is the shortest of the of the four. Which has been a little, which, which was quite disappointing, really. And his link to the whole storyline is so tenuous. Really, like, it's like you don't need to be here, Kiryu. Why are you here? Why are you? <laughs> why are you even getting involved? It's not here for very long. <laughs> no, it's like it's so like. <laughs> I mean, it's a massive coincidence that that one of the other main characters just happens to wash up on the beach outside Kiryu's orphanage at the start of part two. <laughs> And then another character that, that is from from Kiryu's past washes up on the exact same beach, <laughs> like later on in the story. Is this to and, do with the currents or whatever in Tokyo Bay? Or yeah, <laughs> every, everyone goes to Okinawa. It seems. Oh, in Okinawa, right? <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's contrived to the extreme. But like, yeah, Kir- Kiryu really doesn't need to be involved in this situation. But he, he for some reason has a loyalty to his old clan that he's not no longer a part of, and hasn't been a part of technically for any of the games. Really, um, it's so odd. Um, 
but he's an absolute monster in this. He start, he, he levels up super fast. He's mega strong by the time you get hold of him. So it's like playing in Kiryu is just a hell of a lot of fun. Because <laughs> it's just like, I'm just going to destroy everything. Um, yeah, he's definitely the fun mode. But yeah, as I say, I got, got through all of that. And oh, and unfortunately, his revelation is the same as it was from Yakuza 3. So it's the same as Aki, Akiyama's, basically. He just whips out his phone and goes, Oriwa. Takes a load of pictures oh, and, blo- yeah, well. and, and blogs about it. No new revelations, but yeah. So I've been I've been basically going through like uh, going back and like before before like even starting any of the main storylines in the finale chapter. It, it finally gives you the ability to be hey, you can be any one of the four characters now. Go like go do your side stuff if you want. So it's like okay, I will. So uh, I, I've basically done all of the first characters like side stuff now. Hmm. Who's Whose side stuff is actually really weird, like because half of it you have to go back in time for. And there's like no, there's no, there isn't time travel. It's just that when his side stuff has to take place involves a character that leaves during his part. So like you have to reminisce about that character in your seat in the office, and then and then all of a sudden like you're back in time, like to when you could have done those side stories. But I love that as like a construct. It's like you have to go back to your office, sit in your chair, and be like. I'm gonna reminisce about Hannah, <laughs> and then and then you just sort of you're in 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 the world again where you can do what do what you need to do, do the stuff you missed. Does it do like a wavy harp sound? Like <laughs> it really should. Transition. It does do a fade to white, which is kind right. of painful on the eyes. But um, yeah, so I've done a lot of his stuff, and he's got he's got a lot of side stuff as it turns out. Like I thought, like like maybe Saijima and Kiryu like didn't appear to have that much side stuff going on but Akiyama had like loads um and maybe that's just because like some of it is gated some of it is sequential now like you don't just discover every sub story like as the story progresses it's like no 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 you've got to progress sub stories to unlock more sub stories hmm. it's like it's, they, they they chain together frequently and it's um so it's almost like a different game, <laughs> just dicking around doing the side stories whilst the main story is on hold. It's weird. I spent several hours on Saijima's Fighter Maker. I think I talked about that before, but it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the hostess game, but done a bit better. You're training up people in your dojo to be. It's like, yeah, you did. You mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. It's like fight, yeah, training up and fighting in the core scene, but you're not doing the fighting. You're just it's, it's Pokemon battles. <laughs> But not even, <laughs> not even that detailed. But yeah, I've sunk several hours into that. It's strangely addictive. Just that one bit, just that one thing. Uh, yeah, um, I will return to Tanimura and Kiryu. Tanimura ended up having a pretty decent. I think his storyline on its own has actually been one of the best. Like his, his, it's a little bit detached, I think, from the other parts. But as yeah. a nice as a nice like individual storyline, I think that ended up working the best. And then it ends up obviously getting roped into um the main plot properly. Um and they actually do this I think Yak the Yakuza games seem always pretty good at is okay, they're great at referencing their previous outings. Like they 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 really do lean on it's like, hey, do you remember that thing that happened before? Of course you do. <laughs> we know you've played every game. <laughs> apparently um so we're going to lean heavily on your on your remembering of that story and it's like they do a um they do 
like at the end of uh, part three and the start of part four, they do a massive recontextualization of what happened in the in the events of the first game, like what the first game was in theory, like a layer above what you thought was happening in the first game. No, no, there was this other thing that was like like which was why everything in the first game was a thing, and you're like, oh, mind blown. <laughs> really? <laughs> like, oh, God. Let's just. It's just like, this is what it was really about. I still don't know why you care, Kiryu, but oh my gosh. <laughs> and I still haven't had like a golden castle come out of the ground. So, you know, it's not, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's still not yet because the one levels of awesome. Hey, it's a lot of fun. I'm still having a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I'm going to stand by original statements, I think, and I think it's probably the weakest of the bunch I've played so far, but. It's still a Yakuza game. You know what you're getting. Yeah, and you're on a journey <laughs> to get through. <laughs> There's plenty more to go. You're on a ride, man. Yeah, maybe if this one didn't quite tickle your fancy with its uh, uh, split up of multiple characters, uh, next will be back on form. Mm. I mean, I went bowling. It was the same bowling game they had in had in the previous game. Of course. Yeah, hadn't changed at all. I mean, that's what what's important in the new games is how have they refreshed the minigames. Absolutely. If it's just the same games, then that's no fun. Is yeah, it? I went batting. It's the same game as it was in Yakuza 3. That's a shame. Played some pool. <laughs> Pretty much the same. Played some darts. I mean, like, I think, uh, in a weird way, that's probably one of the bigger disappointments. It's like, I guess they don't have to do it so much in this one because they've done it in previous games. But I feel like the previous games did a much better job of pushing you in the direction of the minigame stuff to right. be like there was sometimes a story reason right. or there was sometimes a sub story that that would suggest you yeah. should you should probably go do this thing um like that stupid that happens in Grand Theft Auto games at the start right? <laughs> it makes yeah. you do the stupid minigame it's not quite as annoying as Nico we should go bowling uh, um we get to go bowling <laughs> I mean there's usually only like one thing that might suggest that I mean like if you think about the Gakuza Kiwami 1, like the Majima Everywhere system meant you should probably go do everything because, <laughs> there's, a really good, get Majima. because there's a really good chance there's a special Majima event at this location. <laughs> at every location, because yeah. it's Majima Everywhere. Majima's been in this game for like a split second. It's really depressing. Like he's wow. not nearly in this enough. And he's too... He's not, he's not wild enough. <laughs> I think that's, yeah, there we go. That sums up Yakuza 4. Just not wild enough. <laughs> and that's been my uh, two weeks in games. Not quite. Because what have you played together? Well, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, the traditional segment. And, well, the, and, the transitional segue. And actually, segment. yeah, there are a couple of other things I forgot. I briefly played some more Mud Runners with the Cambridge crew the other night. Everyone that, does. That game is still stupid. Yeah. Yeah. How is that a thing? Um, <laughs> I don't even get. I don't get me wrong. The Cambridge crew. The Cambridge crew are awesome, but I do not understand their game taste sometimes. <laughs> um, it, it's it's all right. It's all right. Um, it can, it has its moments. Um, and we played. We actually played some Rainbow Six again. And we try. I tried playing it against humans. <laughs> I've decided I don't like that game. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> like I don't like I don't like playing its main mode. Playing like the training is it like it's like against AI kind of as a as a team like grouping up and just trying to to beat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually kind of fun. Like, like kind of that Ghost Recon kind of way, right? Yeah. Like that's 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 still kind of entertaining. 
Um, but no, I, I don't. I, I don't think I'm into that multiplayer at all. I just don't like how it plays. Um, don't like how it feels. Hmm. So Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, Hyrule Warriors. Well, I know another thing that you played. Oh, what, what else have I played? Oh, yeah. Oh, two more things that I played, actually. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This has been a busy couple of weeks. I'm like, for I'm thinking, small things, The yeah. thing you're thinking of is, like, Lethal League Blaze, yeah. right? I started playing the campaign for that. Yeah. Just because I, I had a... Because you had, the, had a need. I had a need, yeah. This was sort of following on from the future racing thing. I just needed that kind of vibe, right? Yeah. Like, I needed, I needed I that. I think, I, like, as soon as I heard you, you talking about the vibe of future racing, I was like, oh, yeah, that's why he played Lethal League then. That's absolutely <laughs> why. Because he was in a future vibe. I, yeah, I, absolutely. I, yeah, I just cracked on with some Lethal League Blaze story, and it's like, yep, that's... You know, it's what you expect, I guess. Just play some Lethal League against the computer with some hella cool music. That's all I needed. Did you find out why his hat was so big? <laughs> um, no, I haven't found out um, why his hat's so big. I got to the scene where obviously he just, go, he just goes, wait, why is his hat so tall? And why is he squatting? Yep, and why is he squatting? <laughs> <laughs> Your boy Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> And the one time you have to do that stupid mission, that stupid game type with the targets or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it's unreasonably difficult it's because really you like, totally don't know how to even do that. Yeah, it was, it was really surprisingly hard. Yeah, that, that caught me off guard. Yeah, that was like, it's the hardest part of that whole campaign, probably, apart really? from the last boss, I okay. guess. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Like, it, it's terribly written, well, right? yes. but, but like, it's all right. Lethal League's a hell of a game. I'm so excited. It just got me excited for Bomb Rush again. <laughs> well, yep, that's definitely the future aspect. Hyping you up for that one as well. Please don't suck. <laughs> I hope Bomb Rush is good. I mean, I was actually sort of tempted to to, to install Hover, the um, the sort of free-running, like, like we're trying to capture the Jet Set Radio vibe game that came out a few years back. Um, oh. uh, well, it's, got, it's got a couple of Hideki tracks on it. Yeah, but then you could just go to YouTube. <laughs> then you just, yeah. And I've listened to those tracks to death already. It's like, they are pretty good. <laughs> they're, 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 it's Hideki. Um, yeah, so I did that. And the other thing I've tried, only for like an hour, is Windjammers 2. <laughs> oh. It came out. Just, yeah. And it came yeah. out on Game Pass. No. Hells yeah. Have uh, you tried this? Or no. Or just drop? Okay. No, I've only played it for like an hour, like one right, evening. Right, 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 like, right. like um, it got to awkward o'clock, like which is just like an hour before I intend on sleeping. It's like it's awkward o'clock, and it's like, well, let's give this a quick go. Um, Windjammers Two is Windjammers, with very little else. Like they haven't added a huge amount to it. Um, there's no like campaign or anything. There's no like, um. I don't think they've particularly added any real mini-game stuff. Like, they've added a couple more mechanics. Like, you can now jump. You can jump. I'm going to cough. <coughs> I'm talking too much. I'm reaching that point. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, so if the... You know the thing where, like, in Windjammers, if you, like, snap it and you catch it at the right moment, it pops the disc into the air so you charge up underneath it and yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they explain how that works. Very, I guess they don't really explain it particularly. They just say, like, oh, if you push A just before catching it or something, then you'll, you'll block and you can bunt it into the air, and that's how you charge. But, like, instead of just sitting underneath it and waiting for something to charge up, you can now jump into it if you want to and then smash it down onto the ground. 
uh, and there's uh, for for a miss point, like instead of getting it into the goals at the back of the back of the arena. There's also um, uh, yeah, there's a slight more emphasis on lob shots. There's a couple of special lobs you can now do, um, but other than that. I think the rest of the game is pretty much identical to how Windjammers was. Except right, yeah. for, I don't think the new style carries as much, oh my god, what the hell is going on? Well, obviously. Yeah. It's a Nothing's bit... going to compare to old school ridiculous pixel arts. I mean, yeah. I, I don't have a problem with the look. They're trying to capture the vibe of the original. Like, like, and I think, because it's the same team that did Streets of Rage 4, right? They do, they, yeah. they, they do an admirable job of using that same... Um, graphic style as, as they did in Streets of Rage 4 here uh, but in, in a very different vibe and it just I mean it looks clean and it looks fine but it's like there's something about the, the effects just aren't mad enough right it's like it's the Yakuza problem it's just not wild enough it's like even when like the, when the specials are popping off and things like it played like absurdly loud sound effects in the original like when it's doing this little weird do 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 sort yeah. of noises as, it, as the as the as your disc is like wibbling around all over the place, and I guess there weren't really much in the way of opacity effects back on the Neo Geo, so everything is like super vibrant and, and nuts, and like even when the like the the disc is just bouncing off the edges of the arena, right? It's that super loud doosh doosh doosh. Yeah, all of that's toned down, and it's like, and I think that's a I think that's a problem. Like, like, it doesn't necessarily make the game mechanically worse. It just makes me less enthused about the madness. Yep. Basically the same as Lethal Yeah. You want it to be exploding. Absolutely. <laughs> you, want, you want it to be as mental as possible, as much as possible. And, oh, then, yeah. and then Hyrule Wars. <laughs> Let's finish on Rob's section so he can stop talking. So I can apparently. stop talking and regain yeah, my throat so you can power. take a breath. Well, you can talk about this. Go on. No, I guess. Uh, we got four more characters. <laughs> okay. Four. <laughs> kind of... I think this was another situation where I had at some point been spoiled about it, but I didn't really remember. But as soon as it started happening, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> as, soon, as soon as it started going down this particular path, you were just like, oh, yeah, of course we're going to get those guys. I mean, it wasn't. It, you wouldn't necessarily be able to predict that that was how it was going to go, really. Not necessarily. But like, but, as soon as it starts, you're like, okay, I guess that makes sense. And for as much as anything in this game makes sense, yeah, sure. But it does it does something that it's never done before, right? It, like, it has a little when 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 you load the levels or start the levels where you're about to encounter these characters, it's like they sort of. They give you a little tease. Well, like there's just there's a little audio cue that they've not used before, and it's just well, and, not in this context anyway. No, no, and it just sort of sort of happens, and there's a little change in the UI when you start the level, and you're like, "Wait, what the hell is that?" Well, because on all the other, like, on all the other characters we've unlocked, they've been the bosses of the unlock missions basically because they're side characters, yeah. whereas these are in the main story. Mm. So when you start this mission, it shows you this little hint that you're about to get some more characters. It's only been only two of the characters so far have been technically side, right? The, the fairies and, and monk. monk. I don't know what did did Hestu have any indication on that mission because he was in a main story mission. Yeah, Hestu, Hestu was definitely mainline. I don't think it had because obviously there's no time travel. No, involved. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I think every time we've encountered a new character, like it hasn't done this, like this cue. 
Well, no, because they would, none of the other ones would have a, have this same reason to have that. Key, yeah, I don't, but I, don't think, I don't think it gave you a hint that you were going to get someone new. Like, if you know what I mean, you just no, it, not, it in just, the, not in the history. It, it just started the level. Yeah, and then and then there was like surprise, you can now be this character, and it's like sorry, what? Okay, cool. Um, but no, this this teased you, and it was cool. Like I don't know, it's just, just that little thing. It was just like just gets you so hype. It's just like what was that? <laughs> but yes, in case you haven't figured it out from us talking about time travel, <laughs> we're now in the realm of now we've just got the characters from Breath of the Wild mm. <laughs> in this game. The future right, has right. come back, <laughs> which is weird, as I pointed out to Rob when we were playing it, because obviously one of these characters is Sidon and he's actually alive in the past right, <laughs> at the yeah. same time as this right. game. Don't see yourself. Yeah. I wonder if they're going to address that at all at no, any point. They're going to totally meet each other and just be like, this is weird. Yeah. And then I thought about it a bit more and it was like, if you go, if you follow that line of thought a bit further, what's also slightly weird is that like, Daruk and Abosa must have children at this point. <laughs> What's well, a hundred... Oh, yes. Yeah, they, they, must have, they must have, they have them now. children yeah. Yeah, to be able right. to have descendants. That's true. <laughs> Not Rivali, though, because I don't think it's ever... I don't think Teba is actually a descendant of Rivali. How, how does it even work, though, in the Gerudo? Gerudo, like... Don't even try and think about that yeah, civilization. Some sort of sperm donor somewhere. <laughs> well, they do mention that in Breath of the World, right? Because a lot of them just go and marry the other races, and you just have yeah. to assume that that just works somehow. <laughs> Right. Abosa, Abosa and Daruk, right? Yeah, they must have right. they must have actual children at this point in the Hyrule Warriors right. timeline because because we've reached the point where they would have died in Breath of the Wild, right, so then yeah. their children must already be alive. Mm, that's true. Maybe it happened in a Daruk sandstorm. <laughs> but yes, Daruk and Abosa got together. Well, maybe. <laughs> But we haven't played these new characters more than once, and in some cases I, we haven't I, played, I, them, I haven't at played all, them at all because so, yeah. we've only just done the two missions that they were unlocked in. So and we, they were kind of like when you get introduced to them in the middle of a tricky boss fight. Yeah, right? like, and, so and you get locked into. Well, you don't really get locked in. You one player gets yeah, locked one, into being. One, well, you don't exactly get locked. I mean, it's like whoever triggers the sequence to board the Divine Beast becomes that player, and then the other player can still be the other person, but yeah. you have to change before you enter that sequence. Yeah, there was a way of gaming it so we could get the character we wanted. <laughs> because we died fight. a lot. Yeah, the fights were kind of tricky. The, the boss fights here were tricky. Because you're fighting the blights, the blights, obviously. Inside the Divine Beast also, so it's like an arena fight. Mm. Not that that's really that much different from any other boss in that game, really. But <laughs> not especially. You can't run away, that's for sure. Yeah, not a chance here. But yes, we've, we've those new characters are this. They are still managing to come up with slightly new variations on the same concept. Although Fight it, with a sand walrus, baby. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Swing my sand walrus Bring around. Sand seal in. Sand seal. Yeah. And waft it around. <laughs> So stupid. But I mean, it. they could e- quite easily have gotten away with the new these new mechanics being just different weapons for the old characters, in the same probably. way as Link has different weapons that give him different styles. They they, they probably mm. could have because yeah. they all use the same weapons. Yeah. It's like Sidon just uses two lances instead of one. L- L- yeah, Link is a section is, is essentially just three different characters, yeah. like just rolled into one because he's got the weapon system. But. Yeah. So they could have done that with these guys, but obviously they had this weird story moment to bring the future into the past. It is funny, though. 
and Sidon gets giant water fish all over the place. <laughs> yep. That's his weird new power that they've invented. Water whales. And his mechanic is actually kind of probably the most complicated one, really, because his what his is actually his the the character specific button, the trigger, is yeah. basically just another step in the combo. So it's right, like yeah. having another button instead of just heavy and light, but it's actually timing based. So you actually have to push it at the right time to get the full effect. Huh. Which is kind of cool. It does like make that combo a bit bit more extensive. Not that it's that tricky to hit. It's quite a generous window, I guess. Hmm. And if you screw it up, you still get the attack. It's just not as powerful. Oh, okay. It doesn't like cancel out of it or anything. Okay, Although I guess the power, powered-up versions can do slightly different things, like the one that doesn't, where if you do it at the right time, you just do a huge dash. I mean, there's lots of huge there's dashes. a lot of huge game, dashes, yeah. But that one in particular, if you don't do it, you just don't go anywhere. <laughs> so madness still ensuing. Oh, yes, but I mean, it's like this madness is we could have been talking about two podcasts ago it's just that because we've been, we've been doing all the side stuff mm. we've been having we haven't done main missions for such a long time and now it's like oh we're finally going to get to them no we took like a yeah a week off from doing any main missions because like just, well at least so, a week yeah so much side stuff was popping up um i go I, yeah i guess we did do one more main mission the actual calamity mission okay. quite recently yeah. but then before that there was an even longer time of like side stuff mm. And there doesn't seem to be that much side at the moment. No, we've got to this point. We're probably not far away from more main. So more updates next week. Maybe. We'll see. Keeps on giving. Yes. Although we've definitely reached the point where there's like there's too many characters for us to just... We were we were levelling everyone up and that's just not... We're not yeah. doing that any longer. Yeah. There was, an, there was enough side <laughs> stuff you could... Yeah, you could balance around and be like, well, let's grab this guy for a bit, get their level. But luckily they, they, they allow you to work around that because there's just a training camp that lets you... Exchange money for experience. Well, you pay money to level to level characters up to whatever your maximum level is. Yeah. So whoever's the highest, you can just keep everyone up to that level. And it's not that expensive either. No. But I guess as we get more and more characters, it gets <laughs> it's more, getting expensive. Marginally more expensive. Yeah. We have so much money anyway, and we've always had so much money. It's just like you, that money is not a problem in that game in general. I don't think. Yeah, and I think we're gaining it faster as well. We're getting like the bigger rupee numbers are turning up. The different colors of rupees seem to I be guess. more frequent. Although the mission rewards are like always set. Like they yeah. max out at two hundred for each of those three stats, basically. Yeah. Time and kills, and I don't remember what the other one is. Definitely not finesse. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's Hyrule Warriors. Hyrule Warriors. What game? What game? And then what I've been playing, I guess. I should probably, um, I should probably what see you that playing, thing. Zach, beyond that? Well, what I've been playing is, well, three things to talk about. Uh, I continue playing Pokemon Pearl. Uh... And not Shining Pearl or whatever it's no, called. Just the regular one. And then like the more of it I played, I realized that there is one major problem with this with this Pokemon game, which is that like a lot of the opposing trainers just have like three of the same Pokemon, and it's just like that's really boring. Oh, that is quite dull. <laughs> what? How come? I don't know. I don't know why they didn't mix it up more. I mean, obviously they're work it's 
they're deliberately working from a limited set because this is the age of the Pokemon games where they were like each game has the 150 or so that you're going to see during the story and then the rest mm, afterwards. Then you get the rest, right. So yeah. they are it is Even still then. working from a limited pool, but like I don't know there's just a lot of a, probably the majority of traders are just like I've got free cadavers or free what? You didn't get that in the original game, and you only had only 150 Pokemon in existence. Well, I think I feel like in the original game they had a lot, a lot more that just had like one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But like having three of the same, you might as well just have one with three times as much health because it's there's functionally no. It's not actually any different gameplay wise. Mm. In fact, it's actually easier than having one that had three times as much health because every time you kill one, it basically they, cancels the attack that yeah, they would have been doing. They lose a turn, don't they? <laughs> Essentially. So yeah, it's kind of sucky, and it's not even that's not even just because I got my super over leveled starter and I'm just one hitting everything. So <laughs> <laughs> like if you were playing it for real, it would be the same problem because you'd just be like, oh, I changed to whatever Pokemon is super effective, and then that Pokemon would just stay in for the next free Pokemon because they're all the same. <laughs> yeah, but it'd be okay if like they had a type and they were all like water Pokemon. Not really though, because then. Super effectiveness. I mean, super effectiveness yeah. would probably still be the same. Yeah, You're still got to be. Well, in your that's six, what I mean. Right, like, but at least that would be better than that. Would still be bad, but it would at least be better. It would look better. <laughs> yeah. And we. It, this is. They. It could have slightly been solved by this is the start of the age of like dual types. So, if you wanted to have, if you have like fishermen or whatever who have to have all water Pokemon, obviously, but there's opportunities to have the second type be something different. That's true. Yeah not much options and, and in the vast majority of cases whatever you're using that's super effective with water is still going to be super effective <laughs> unless the second type counters it in which case it'll be neutral so yeah i've been playing that and although i feel like i've i feel like i've not been playing much of the actual game <laughs> like i've been doing lots of little side bits and then like oh yeah i should right, probably yeah. get around to spending some time in actually doing the actual main quest and I also kind of forgot that like the main quest in, in Pearl is weird because I don't know if they were deliberately trying to mix things up, but they made it so that like the hidden machines that you need to get the the pro- progression moves like cut or whatever, those used to, you used to just automatically get them as you progress through the story as you needed them, obviously, because that was how they gated areas of the map. Mm. And they still do use them as things to gate the areas of the map, but for some reason they decided, like, most of the hidden machines are just going to be in, like, random side areas, where it's just like, oh, you can go up this... There's this, this like, ghost graveyard tower or whatever, like there are often in Pokemon games, <laughs> off the side of this route, and you can go in... It never tells you to go in there, and you can go in there, and then at the top you just get one of the HMs. But you can't use them until you have the specific badge from the gym that will let you use it. It's just it's like they weirdly decoupled the HMs from being... They are still strictly necessary for progress. It just doesn't necessarily tell you where they are or lead you directly to them. <laughs> oh, wait, so they are necessary for progress? Yeah. Oh, interesting. There will still be routes that are blocked off by trees or whatever that you have oh. to cut. But it never... It used, I mean, there will usually be someone at the point where you need to progress who mentioned that there's this place where you can go to get an HM. <laughs> but they're not like, it's not nearly as direct. And also the other weird thing related to that is that like the story of the game, like the whole yeah. evil 
Team Galactic are doing evil things and whatever. <laughs> that, like, finishes before you're done with the gyms. So, like, I've got the legendary Pokemon, I've got Palika and the Pearl legendary Pokemon, but I've still got one more gym to go. <laughs> huh. And the, obviously the Elite Four after that. It's just kind of weird. It's just like, it wraps up the it's whole major story, up. and then it's just like, okay, now go back to your regular trainer life, <laughs> I guess. Weird, isn't it? Not that that's not weird anyway, every time. I suppose technically I'm... I don't remember... I guess it must be post-game that I have I haven't got the other legendary. I guess I haven't got literal god. <laughs> god I mean, in Pokemon form. <laughs> yeah, I've only got the god of space. <laughs> Sound like that Star Trek movie? <laughs> well, the, not the, quite. The Enterprise to go and meet God. I mean, I mean literal physical space, like in physics, because obviously Diamond uh, is the god of time. Ah, <laughs> uh. and then you put them together. And then you get regular guards. Oh, no, I don't think you do put them together. I think, <laughs> I think that's just unrelated. It's the stupid creation myth that this this region of Pokemon extrapolates on, where it's like, first there was the singular god Pokemon, then he made the two space and time Pokemon, and then they made three, like, emotion Pokemon, <laughs> and then they created the world. <laughs> emotion Pokemon. I haven't caught them yet either, because I guess I can go do that maybe now. Because you free them and from the evil team and all that stuff, as you do. It's Pokemon. So there's that. Um, so there's no there's no Dragon Ball fusion you can do between those, I think, those two. I don't think so. That's what I was trying to remember, but I don't think so. Also, obviously, I can only get one of the pair in this game because it's oh, sure. the Diamond yeah. and Pearl separation. Yep. Unless you're playing Platinum, in which case you can get both of them. Because that's what they did back in the oh, olden days yeah. of the why, third why game. Why are you playing Platinum? Because I don't have Platinum. Because <laughs> oh, I actually right. have Pearl. Oh, I see. <laughs> also, Platinum, I think, was kind of weird. Because Platinum... Obviously, in the first three games, when they did these third versions, they didn't do nearly as much to modify them. Mm. But by this point, they were actually making the third games like slightly different. Like I think mm. in Platinum... The weather is like completely different and it's like fucked up for story reasons that are related to Platinum's story, which isn't just the same as the story of this of Pearl and Diamond. Mm. It's like it's it has the same story, but then it has like this extra bit on top of that that makes the world different. And you can get different Pokemon and the weather conditions actually affect battles, of course, because they do that in Pokemon. Which is always annoying when you're like, I just want to get through this, but here's, I'm fighting in a rainy area, which means every battle there's going to be an extra text box every turn to tell me it's raining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of just putting an icon somewhere. Yeah. God damn you, Pokemon, and your extremely slow text boxes, even if you turn them up to fast. <laughs> and obviously Nintendo-style excessive text boxes. Yeah. And Nintendo-style... Here's a thing you can buy, but you can only buy one at a time, and you have to hit A through the text every single oh time. Oh, God, right. <laughs> Classic old-school design problems yeah. of these kind of games. Even that old-school, though, for Nintendo, there, is it? No, they still do it. Current, <laughs> current Nintendo design problems. <laughs> uh, and then another thing I played a, I guess, demo of, although it's called a prologue, so, I mean, it's a basically a demo, <laughs> was of a weird, like... I think I'd heard of th this game, even though it has a super generic name, because it's called Planet Crafter. 
Right. But I think I'd heard of it from some YouTube channel or something that I was looking at. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, I vaguely remember people talking about that. Maybe I should just go look at it because they put out this prologue thing. And imagine a de- indie developer having a meeting and being like, what game are we going to make? And then someone says, Subnautica. And then everyone waits for them to say, but, and then they don't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Except it does have a but. It's Subnautica, but without water. <laughs> right. So you're basically just stranded on this planet and you have to build a base and you harvest minerals and you progress up this little tech tree. I but guess the source... So it's super, super naughty. Naughty <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But the, the, I guess the, slight, <laughs> the slightly <laughs> different thing is that the idea is that you're meant to be terraforming the planet. So you're, the, the technologies that you're unlocking, you build, you build buildings that are sort of attached to your base, but not really. They're sort of... They run off an invisible power grid, essentially. But you build these buildings that are meant to gradually improve the conditions of the planet. So the first stage is like you're unleashing underground gas deposits to build up the atmosphere. And then maybe one day eventually you'll get the plants, but that's not in the demo, obviously. But yeah, it's basically they. It's basically the exact same systems as, as Subnautica, only just not as good. <laughs> and like kind of not, not as good in that kind of indie, like thoughtless way where like they haven't really understood why things worked the way they did in like Subnautica like for example in Subnautica you have to swim around and look for resources like you know the little chunks of resources you get in the early game Mm. and in Subnautica they're all encased in little rocks that are generally like attached to the walls of caves and cliffs and whatnot and you just hit them and the resources come out and then there's different tiers of those rocks as you progress further into different biomes or deeper underwater. You can get the rarer materials. But in Planet Crafter, the materials are just scattered randomly across the terrain everywhere. And it's, it's hella ugly. And, it, and it's like there's no progression to like... Well, there is a tiny bit of progression. There's like one of the caves has a specific resource that spawns more. Mm. But it's just like all the generic resources are just randomly distributed across the entire surface of the world hella uglily <laughs> it's uglily like, uglily, uglily. Yep. hella uglily <laughs> but yeah it's like they they've tried to rip off that system but haven't made it good <laughs> right <laughs> I mean is it possible that that's a system they just haven't thought of a good solution for because you know, they haven't got water? Well, like, it's like they haven't... Should, should there be more caves or structures or, like... Well, it's because... Bits of environment you can find, like, like go around a corner. Ooh, there's a thing here. Well, it's because, I mean, I guess in Subnautica, it's partly gated by how deep you can go, I guess, like your oxygen supply. And this game still has that, obviously, because you're in a spacesuit and you have an oxygen supply because you don't have an atmosphere, right. at least at the start. Mm. Maybe that will be a thing that you can even skip later on huh. once you build up the atmosphere. But, um, like, they don't. it's like they don't even try, basically. It's like everything is two feet away from you at the start of the game because it's just immediately outside your drop pod and you just pick it up and then you make a base. And also it doesn't really... Well, well I, that's just compounded with the other systems that they haven't quite done as well, like the base building, for example, where you can just... you In some order, you can just build a base wherever, and in this game, you can just build a base wherever, 
But in Subnautica, it's like it's not nearly as convenient as in this game, where because there's materials everywhere, you don't even have to carry the materials with you to build a base. You can just pretty much just go to where your where your oxygen is about to run out and just look around for two seconds, find the stuff right. to build a base, and then just build one, <laughs> and then just walk in and get oxygen. Okay, <laughs> weird. Yeah. So can you just keep doing that? Can you build many bases? Yeah. And there, and and again, another system that, that isn't that compounds the problem is like the power grid is like global, so all your bases, no matter how far apart they are, just receive power. Mm. So you don't need to worry about that. Although apparently you don't even need power to make oxygen inside these bases, which again, another thing that Subnautica does, you need power for the actual in- interior of the bases to be oxygenated. So yeah, it's like just like as I say, they've just basically completely ripped off everything about Subnautica just badly. <laughs> done it badly. It seems like they've cut. It, it feels like they've cut a lot of stuff. Well, it's like they they've tried to do everything, but they just the, the, it's like they haven't spent enough time on any of them. Like they they've given themselves a time budget where they're like, we can rip off everything in Subnautica, but we haven't allocated enough time on any one of these things that actually complete the fort. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but do you know what I mean? It feels like like they yeah they've got they've got the base concept, but they haven't gone as far as Subnautica's implementation of that concept is what it sounds like. Yeah, like, like you're, you're you're saying about how oxygen works, how power works. It's like it's like yeah, the idea of power is there, the semblance of power exists. Well, it's like it's like the but idea- it's like yeah, the, the the implementation of it is they've just done a simpler version. Well, and it's not just like exactly the implementation. It's like. It's like you've implemented the mechanic, but you haven't thought about why. <laughs> or, like, even how it interacts with the world in general. There's a lot of things like that in indie games, I guess, where it's just like you put a thing in because you put a thing in and then you didn't really have a... It's like when I was talking about Evorion, where it's just like everything is made of one material, but there are multiple materials you can buy, but it doesn't matter because it all converts into this one material. <laughs> yeah. It's just like... You put in uh, you put in these multiple materials, but there's no fucking reason. You just did it because that's what games do. Gotta have some variety. Yeah. So yeah, there's that little demo thing that I played for an hour or so, and pretty much explored everything that demo had to offer because mm. it, it, it you know it even has like the wrecks like some some more to go where you have to go into these specific wrecks to find specific materials or whatever. Or specific items that you need to pr- to build your special machines in your base. So there's that. Uh, and then the last thing I played, not very much of, but but I just started playing because it had just updated like yesterday. Uh, there was a fairly big update, or they're calling it a major update for Dyson Sphere program. I'm not sure it necessarily classes as a major update, but I mean, I guess it did add some actual new functionality, mm. like, you know, new buildings and whatnot. So I, I guess that's fairly major for that kind of game. But they've they've basically finally got to the point where they've ripped off Factorio's beacons, as we knew they were going to eventually. Because right. okay. <laughs> yeah. they're in the process of copying all of Factorio's mechanics. <laughs> but they have done it in a slightly different and kind of interesting way. Because in Factorio, the beacons are just like a building that projects an area of effect and then any other buildings that are in that area of effect get the buffs. Okay, right. And then you can put different modules into the beacons to affect the buff. So like speed or efficiency or productivity in Factorio. Buff mods. But then in Dyson Sphere, they've done it an actually different way where 
you have a, a machine that you place over the belts and it like sprays the passing materials with the buff. So the buff is like applied onto the materials while they're on the belt. And then when those get used by buildings that then they can if the if all the materials that that building uses have a buff sprayed onto them, then they can access that buff essentially. And the spraying is like your is actually like an item as well. So you have to make the spray, ship it around your base to all the little things that are spraying it onto the individual belts. So that adds another layer of the logistics puzzle, I guess. I see. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite kind of an interesting take on that system, and it's also like it's a. It's actually slightly more restrictive than Factorio's method in in a sort of good way, because in Factorio, like if you don't if you don't build the beacons, you don't have the beacons, and that's it. But in this case, if you spray the buff onto the items, you can't prevent them from you can't prevent the machines from using that buff, which gives you the bonus of like extra productive. Pro- you can toggle it between extra production where you get bonus output or extra mm. speed where the building operates faster mm. but in either case the building also uses more energy and you can't stop that so if you sprayed the buff onto the right. belt any buildings that are getting that buff are automatically going to take that buff and use more energy interesting okay so your entire chain is at risk of yeah and then it also has like some slightly alternate effects depending on what you've sprayed it on like if you spray the buff onto fuel and then if you've done that if the fuel gets used in a recipe in like a assembler or whatever that just gives you the regular speed or production buffs but if you burn that fuel it just burns for longer so like it actually depends on how the item gets used depends on how how the buff gets used essentially (laughs) and then there's like three tiers of Mm. the spray that you can make as you progress through the tech tree so that's one of the new buildings. And then there's another new building that lets you basically stack items on top of each other on belt so you can multiply the capacity up to four times. So you can just run one belt in and then it stacks up to two and then you run two of those in and it stacks up to four. So that's just making everything much higher capacity for a, a slight inconvenience of having to fit this building into your belt layouts. Mm. But then you get four times more belt space back yes although that can be kind of awkward because then because i was thinking about if i was going to make say like the standard smelting array where you have 30 smelters because a belt can carry 30 items and the smelting is one per second Mm. so you could stack that belt up to four so you could technically run like 120 smelters off that one belt except you wouldn't be able to on the output side because everything would be back to single on the output because it unstacks when it uses them obviously so you'd have to like integrate stackers along that return line within the smelting layout. So it would be kind of awkward to do because the stacker is like, well, it's not as small as the sprayer. The sprayer can fit in line on a belt, whereas the stacker is like slightly fatter. So it obstructs the squares around it. So yeah, you would have to come up with some slightly new designs. But you know, that's good. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing you want. But then the yeah, give Zach something to do. Yeah, but then the weirdly what I what I guess is the most major part of this update is not actually gameplay related. So that's why I'm saying it's like it's maybe not a major update exactly. But in terms of like I guess effort that they took to make this thing, it's probably quite major. Is they 
basically made it so you can fully customize the mech. Like previously, they gave you colors so you can change the paint, but now you can just straight up basically build a model. It, oh, it, interesting! It uses a, a, me- a mechanism kind of similar to like Avorian or Stormworks, where you're placing singular cubes and then you build build the cubes out with like slopes or whatever into a shape, and then that is attached to a specific point on the sort of armor skeleton, essentially. But then they've gone one step further than that, where after you've built like the little panel of cubes you can apply distortions to like bend the polygons essentially so it does actually give you like a ridiculous amount of control of these individual armor parts and then you can like stack multiple armor parts on top of each other mm. so it's this incredibly complicated unnecessarily complicated system for a thing that there's no reason to do <laughs> <laughs> it's clearly like somebody in the in the dev team really likes giant robot animes and they're like <laughs> i want to be able to make every gundam in this game yeah and then they did. <laughs> All the Gundams. I mean, theoretically, it w- might actually have a gameplay purpose later because it in this screen, it it basically tells you that it affects your weight and your health points. But of course, they still haven't got round to the combat update, which is presumably coming this year. I think it's still the plan. So health points still don't matter, mm. but maybe they will. <laughs> maybe the actual design of your mech will actually matter at some point which will probably be really annoying if yeah, you have to if you don't want to deal with this entire really complicated mech construction system someone will just make you know they'll just make mechs that look like Rick well, Rick and Morty yep it's it's like, like, I was already thinking of just like all the stupid <laughs> stupid jokes you could do with this system yeah. yeah Metal Sonic turns up I'm pretty sure you could probably make like a Halo monitor because I think you could actually turn off all of the parts. So you could just have nothing to start with and essentially make a floating head, which is what it would be attached to the head, but there'd be no other parts. You had a hum. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that seems like a really unnecessarily complicated system. Ah. They do luckily also, the mech building design system also has... I don't think it has blueprints yet, but it has essentially the same system as blueprints where you can copy it as a text string, essentially. So you will be, people will be able to share those outside of the game. And, you know, maybe one day workshop support, because mm. that would make sense. Yeah. Ah, uh, I'm a genius. <laughs> yes, exactly. Although weirdly, I know another thing that I noticed with that customization is that for some reason when you apply the design, the like name of the design becomes your name on the map. Oh, because <laughs> I, I I saved my old color scheme because I was like I prefer the, these colors than the standard orange one, and I saved it as yellow. But then when I loaded that, it's like now I'm yellow on the map. <laughs> the word yellow, not color yellow, <laughs> which is kind of strange. Not that it matters, because there's no mold flare or anything, so you wouldn't be seeing other people's names anyway. But yeah. And I guess the last smaller part of this update is they allowed you to blueprint like the Dyson Sphere designs. So if you've made a, a specific layout of frames or whatever and you want to just copy and paste that, it's you can just do that. Oh, okay, cool. Although, unfortunately, that does seem to have come with a small bug where... If you were already building a Dyson Sphere in the, in the save, for some reason the grids don't align any longer. So like my half-finished Dyson Sphere, I was like midway through expanding it from like a Halo-esque thing into an actual 
like sphere. Mm. But now the all the parts that I've built don't aren't aligned to the grid any longer. <laughs> oh, so the existing thing is is now misaligned. Yeah. So you can't align anything new. Yeah, so I can't really continue that design without oh. it looking really jank. Yeah, you're just going with a weird hole. Yeah. So I was like, that sucks. But hopefully that, that's the kind of thing that you'd imagine would be patched quite quickly because it's a fairly obvious thing to fix. <laughs> but then again, I can always start a new save because there's a lot of achievements that require me to start a new save because the save that I was doing in, you know, there's those certain restrictions, the restriction achievements, of course, mm. where it's like, don't launch solar sails, don't use foundation. And then, you know, start a new save for that. Don't use foundation. Your skin's beautiful enough. <laughs> Don't use foundation. Is probably annoying at the start of the game, but probably fine after you get to space. Because you always start on a planet with a shit ton of water on it. <laughs> so it's really inconvenient if you can't use foundation there, but then you can just move to a dry, flat planet instead and be fine. <laughs> so yeah, that's Dyson Sphere program. Maybe I'll play more of that, but I don't know about that. I just, like, well... Mainly that Dyson Sphere, the bug with the Dyson Sphere is like, that just put me right off because yeah. like, I, I really want to continue that save because it, it, it's so late game and I'm just quite close to some of those late game achievements rather than the restrictive achievements, which I'd have to do an you save for. But then the grid is misaligned, so I can't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wonder if they know about that one. I'm sure they do. I bet that bug's been reported plenty by yeah. crazy people who are obsessed with everything being neat. No, why would you do that? No. I hope it's not like a like. Oh, we've changed the system that generates that. That's permanent. <laughs> Suck it up, folks. Well, I did see a forum post that suggested that theoretically you can actually fix that with mods. Oh, like you right. can actually just basically just push it. <laughs> well, yeah, you can just basically adjust all of the data of the Dyson sphere to, to to like move the actual coordinates or whatever to align to the new grid. Mm. But that's not exactly something I want to do. That's too much effort. <laughs> Just wait for an actual patch. I'm sure it will happen. And I guess technically I don't actually have to continue building that that layer of the Dyson sphere if I, if I really have to not, because it doesn't matter. Like the layers of Dyson sphere don't include each other. So you could just build a new one further <laughs> which out. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but you could just build a new one further out. The whole point of a Dyson sphere is to occlude absorb. the sun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, if you if when you're in the if you actually look at a Dyson sphere in the game, if you zoom out quite a long way, you can see that like it's not a full like perfect. You know, it's not a full perfect seal. Essentially, you can see through the solar panel layer so it is letting some out some light through mm. <laughs> just not nearly as much as it would matter for building a whole other layer around it mm. <laughs> that is still completely ridiculous so yes that's that that's Dyson Sphere program and that's all I did game game games yeah oh. Well, we're looking good for time here. Yep, unless you, <laughs> unless you have anything to say about Rough of the Wild. Uh, nothing new. <laughs> I have played anything more, but I'll let you know if I do. Same with Red Dead. I, I feel like Red Dead 2 is good in the first half. I, I mean, it's all good, It's all good, but it gets very depressing <laughs> uh, um, in the second half. So I'm like hanging out in the first half of the game. But then you get nice. the third half and you're lifted again. 
That's true. There is a third half. I forgot about the third <laughs> half. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it really has to be described like that as well. It's like, it is like a third half of the fucking game. It's like, how can this still be going? Oh my god. Uh, never mind. Hmm. Right. Well. Um, if you want to see what else we've been playing, check out our YouTube channel because we're playing uh, not uh, Breath of the Wild, but Ocarina of Time. Third Zelda. Zelda classic. <laughs> yeah. I think we're doing not so badly in the Water Temple compared to the Forest Temple. <laughs> well, so... <laughs> uh, yeah, arguably. Compared <laughs> arguably. to the Forest Temple, certainly, but compared to Water <laughs> Temples in general, I don't know. In general. I mean, we got yeah. we, we figured it out. Hmm. Yeah, that is the key. We figured it out without having to look it up. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I mean yeah. that wouldn't be fun. that wouldn't be a fun video if we, if we looked it up. Man, and even looking it up would be a pain in the ass for the water temple, surely, because it's just like because everything would have to be described by like the contents of the room. Yeah, although I directions the I guess. walkthroughs in the of the water temple are like in a specific order, right? Mm. <laughs> like I don't think they yeah they like um, account for doing things in any kind of different order. They're like, well, go I mean, through this room. I guess technically you can't do things in a different order. You can just go to places where you can't do anything, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, check us, us playing around and having a fun time <laughs> getting through Ocarina Time uh, on YouTube. And um, w- that's the, the Water Temple's not up yet. It'll be up next week. Yes, it's <laughs> That'll be up a bit soon. of ice uh, first. Look forward to that. Check out the ice cave first. Um, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more salad cast. Yeah. Bye.